0: Put on the
1: sunglasses. Oh, you, Iku, Iku. 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 He couldn't ride an Iku if his life depended on it.
0: I really <laughs> Walk wish on I am a
1: Bonehead. What you Oh, you. Oh. Uh, that's, that's Iku. Chad. You know. function. Joke. That's an Iku.
0: I'm not doing Paul in this week. I'm just going to say it right now.
1: Someone, uh, John Stith, and I want to give a shout out to one of our most faithful uh, uh, adaptations. It's like, (laughs) how do we adapt John Stith? One of our faithful followers, for no reason, we have no idea why he does it and why he still talks to us, said that you did a very good Paul in. I didn't do a great Paul
0: in. I just did a very good one. Well, that's now, nice. even
1: Paul. How, how could John be so cruel?
2: Well, even Paul Lynn didn't do a great Paul Lynde all the time, folks. He might have. I don't know. I mean, I, once again, sir, you haven't seen the Halloween
1: special. You don't know. You were there. That's, that's true. Did anybody, I finished watching this season of South Park. That was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I, I need Agrity. to watch
2: it, and it's on the Hulus, I guess. Though soon it's going to be on HBO Max, right? i don't know yeah 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 because uh because hbo max is warner brothers and because disney owns hulu and
1: yeah. anyway what's this season's topic this season this season, we now have to do a full season on a topic? <laughs> yeah my voice is gone a little bit i'm sorry so well, the full this...
2: season topic should be uh things that are awesome about me we're gonna get
1: canceled two episodes in. He thinks uh, the second episode. Two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled the fucking plug on the pilot. When we make two i say no. Minutes, the second episode. And the pilot would... was the guy flying him to go shoot the pilot. <laughs> and they pulled the plug on that guy, so James would be lost at sea in Denver. No one thought this out. There's things to do in Denver when you're dead. Speaking of which, what's the topic for this episode? We are going to explore. The
2: cinema of
1: 1989. So with a little brief history on this, we've, brought, we've, we've kind of touched on it before. A lot of film historians, and there's a documentary or two, there are a couple of them I've seen on Turner Classic Movies, shout out to One of the best paid channels you can get if you're into film is Turner Classic Movies, is 1939. It's considered by a lot of people the pinnacle, there may be the height of Hollywood film. Uh, for example, Gone with the Wind came out in 1939. The Wizard of Oz came out in 1939. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. There's a a couple others, right? Mm -hmm. One of those movies I actually like. That's sad. There's a litany of movies that came out in that time, and they're considered classics. And and they're all good. Can't argue with any of that. We're eventually going to do an episode about 1939. But a lot of people have talked about 1939. Now, if you're a child of a certain age, what 80s year is considered the best one? I'm trying to come up with a joke.
0: 1989, let's say 19. but that's not it. No? It's 1982. Oh, 1982, because of what?
1: John Carpenter's The Thing, which is the one I throw out, but it's also The Summer of E.T. It's it's, uh, Blade Runner. James, help me out. What all came out? It's Conan. Uh, like, it yeah, was uh, a something every week. A lot of people, there's also yeah. a documentary about it. Let's see, there's uh, Road Warrior. Oh, creep show. I'm trying to think. When you're talking away from the mic, it's not going to pick you up very well. Just <laughs> I'm <that>. sorry. <laughs> Why not you eat another fucking Twizzler? <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Moving
0: about, uh, there's some a ton of the movies that came out, came out in
1: 1982. A lot of people yeah. think 1982 is the best year. I'm not going to argue which one is the best. I just think 89 is one that has a lot of personal reasons for me. It was the summer I spent at the movies because my mom and dad were getting divorced, but why did you all want to do 89? By the way, the the films that you forgot
2: or that you didn't mention for 82, you do have the wrath of Khan.
1: Yeah. The wrath of Khan. Sorry.
2: You have Gandhi.
1: Nobody Um, remembers that one. You have
2: Poltergeist.
1: Yeah, Poltergast is another one.
2: Uh, And and Sophie's Choice. Uh, I didn't choose to see Sophie's Choice. I I just let her pick. Yeah, that one went dead. Oh, Pink Floyd, The Wall, if you're into music, is 82. And King of Comedy, if you're into The Joker. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so there's a few more for 82. Anyway, back to 89. Why do you, or why is it important to you all? You agreed to do the show.
0: Yeah, you I was hoping to see in my
1: 1989, family.
2: and I said okay. No, you know, 89. As I w- sat When's down, the reason to- we
1: keep you around for all the content. Yeah,
2: <laughs> all right. As, what are you saying, as, James? As as I sat down to do my prep for this, because I knew some films I wanted to talk about, but what I realized was 1982. People may point to it's a great year for movies. Cool, fine, whatever. I'm gonna argue 1989. Was the year for movie quotes? Because as I was doing preparation, I movie was going quotes. through all the films, and I was like, "Oh my God, people still quote these films incessantly." And sometimes they don't even know they're
1: quoting them because it's been quoted by so many other things. Movie quotes and movie sequels. Yeah, yeah. Great it, it, sequels came out that summer too, and so, some ones that have been
0: fairly.
2: And some things that are now getting sequels uh, or or becoming trilogies. What thirty years later?
1: Thirty years later, yeah. Or you know, it'll be thirty-one for some of them. But anyway, okay. so do you want to start chronologically? I, Chad and I were looking up all these lists for nineteen eighty-nine movies before it started, and the best one I came up with. James found one chronological. Ranker, to give out shout out to Ranker, has them um, listed about a hundred, and we're not going to go more much more on that of what they consider the best movies of an eighty-nine. But I think. <clears throat> As we go through chronologically, I'll let you know where they rank on this somewhere, okay? Okay. Okay. James, what started in January? And we're not going to hit every one of them, right?
0: Yeah, because we've
2: been here for a while. So January 13th was the first, uh, it's the one that, because January, the first week in January was uh, Rain Man came out in late 88, and it still controlled the box office. But January 13th, these are the films that opened, and, and I made a joke, I think, before we were filming. Uh, Deep Star Six,
1: wonderful movie. Chad and I have seen it drunk.
2: Uh, well, Greg Evigan, how can you go wrong? Uh, the experts Greg by Sean Cunningham, Gleaming the Cube, and January Man.
1: Does that mean Leviathan came out in '89 as well? Because so did the, the Abyss. I don't know because that's the year they all came. They all came out in the same year. Okay, bear- but January
2: is usually known as the time when studios. Um, yeah. Deep D- Star, D- can
1: I, I will speak about Deep Star. January Man's a forgotten Kevin Klein film, but I don't know that it really needs to be remembered that much. But D- Harvey Cottell
2: and Danny I I, I-, I screwed that up.
1: Um, Deep D- Star 6 was, direct, it was, 1989. Yeah, was directed by Sean Cunningham, who is famous for not only producing Wes Craven's first film, Last House on the Left, but he also directed the first Friday the 13th and produced many of the sequels.
2: And he hung out with Fonzie.
1: <laughs> oh that's opie little that's opie, opie cutting him, him. yeah uh, it that that has a creature that doesn't quite work right but it has uh, miguel Ferrer in it which is a plus in anything and greg avigan who is a national treasure he's one of my two dads i think anybody's going to understand that or get that joke or realize <laughs> what we're talking about there or the rest and it starts one of the top three peoples being
2: Mia people. And there you go.
0: What's next? What do we got next?
2: Well, you
1: know,
0: Gleaming the Cube, too, just to mention that. I mean, you that Christian is – Slater. And it's a cult classic now yeah. because of Christian Slater, and it's the skateboard culture. Did you watch it when it came out?
1: Yeah. Okay, I never um, did. Yeah, no, I
0: was a huge fan of Gleaming the Cube.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. I, well, they didn't have those skateboards I like, in the hills. Yeah.
0: No, they didn't. <clears> I have the fondness for Christian Slater movies. I even like Cuffs.
1: Just a minute. Best role? Find this for Christian Slater. Well,
0: yeah. Gangster. Best
1: role? Chad? Star Trek VI. Oh, mm-hmm. maybe. Come on. He's Actually, he's best in role is Interview with a Vampire. Will Scarlet? No, I'm sticking with Interview with <laughs> a Vampire.
2: January really didn't have much to offer. The rest of the movies that came out through the rest of January. See if y'all know any of these. Cohen and Tate.
1: I've heard of it.
2: Roy Scheider and Adam Baldwin.
1: Yeah, what else?
2: Physical Evidence. <laughs> uh, Michael Crichton directed yeah. Physical Evidence. And, th- and then Three Fugitives, starring Alan Ruck. And other people, but Alan Ruck's the name that I wanted to say. Three Fugitives. Is that That's Martin Nick Shorty? And Nick Nolte. Nick Nolte, Martin Short, and just, Alan
1: Ruck. I skipped I Alan just Ruck. read his autobiography. He goes into detail about several Three fugitive stories working with Nick Nolte. Oh really, Martin Short? Yeah, I'm sure they were they they they're they not... not bad. It's just they're he could drink, yeah. <laughs> shock, <laughs> and maybe forget that he had been drinking. Yeah, and things <laughs> that he might have done whilst Jeez. drinking. But he, other than that, he's a really nice man. <laughs> All right, what else we got in January? We done? Yeah, that was it for January. That's <laughs> February. February. What are we looking at in February? Because we got February. Win.
2: February, we get a re-release of a film from another time zone. We should talk or a time period that we we'll end up talking about eventually. Gone with the Wind's re-release for its umpteenth anniversary. Show. That would have been the sixtieth. Yep. Um, other I though, competing the against the re-release of Gone with the Wind is such great films as Her Alibi with <laughs> Tom Selleck. Yep, and who's movie. Harry Crumb? Oh, Who's Harry Crumb is a classic. We've Which talked about it on about here. On the-, the Dark Horse that came out the same week against Gone with the Wind, Her Alibi, and Who's Harry Crumb was a canon film, and I'm going to mispronounce this. Is it Ken Jite, Forbidden Subject, starring, of course, Charles Bronson. Bronson, yeah. Check Bronson. The next week, we get Joel Schumacher's epic film,
0: Cousins. Oh, oh, Whoopi Goldberg I, and no, not Whoopi Goldberg, but Ted
1: Danson and uh, um, yeah, and it has what's his face from um, CSI, Sean Young, William Peterson, Lloyd Peter. Bridges, Ke- uh, Keith. Oh, Beattie. not Ted Danson. I honestly, it's not a good movie. Can we, no. unless you all like it, skip it? You all right, I'm gonna bring this one
2: up because it is a horrible movie, but it follows up a good movie.
1: Fly Two, February 10th, uh, the Fly Two was unleashed. I, I. Well, so Mick Garris, who we've talked about and we've recommended his podcast, was one of the writers on that. It had several different Greg
2: writers. Right? was listed as a writer on that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, there's several different there's talent behind the script. I just don't know how much. I don't
1: know the that they ever got that script, yeah. It's not a good movie.
2: And Tap. And Tap is Gregory Hines and Sammy Davis Jr. And I don't know much else about it because I don't think I've ever seen it. But that's enough for me to say Tap.
1: I haven't either. I've honestly seen Eve of Destruction with him where he's trying to kill the lady robot more than I have seen yeah. tap. And, and that, that is not a good movie.
0: And that one movie with him and Billy Crystal, that's not a good <laughs> movie
1: either. Running scared.
0: Yeah. February 17th. <laughs> oh my, we may
1: need to pick up the no, no, and get
2: no, February good. 17th, I want to bring up because I, I, I didn't know these came out the same weekend. And what's funny to me is I didn't know one of them took so many people to get made or so many studios the burbs came out yep, february yep. 17th from universal picture the but the Georgia. burbs opened against bill and ted's excellent adventure i didn't know that oh
1: well so we'll talk about that really quick bill and ted has was a hit was a modest hit gained a sequel yeah and it's been favored for several years the burbs was not a hit even though it had oh. tom hanks in it right no, and it's it's the Burbs kind of has a cult following now. It's it now has of, a cult yeah. following, and it's a good movie. I it's I actually comedy. saw that. That must have been when they started splitting up. And no, I'm joking. I'm not gonna go to the whole <laughs> family divorce thing. But
2: no, no they 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 they, had, they started really splitting up years before Joe.
1: They just stayed together for you. Sometime right around seventy eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny to anybody that knows me. Um. So,
2: no, no, Bill and Ted's. Uh, and if you've never seen Bill and Ted, you totally should. Yeah. Uh, the totally. third one's coming in, yeah. and I'm looking forward to it because I'm a child of the 80s and I love Bill and Ted. Yeah,
0: I like that. Re, I'm really interested to see what they do with this, the, the end of the trilogy. Of course, if it makes money, there will be a
1: fourth one. So, I love The Burbs growing up. I saw it in the theater. I, was, I guess I was the one person. However, I watched it last year and I don't think it holds up that well.
2: I disagree. Are you besmirching I, I the excellent it. acting of Henry Gibson?
1: He I is like the scenes
2: best in it, Illinois
1: Nazis. I like scenes in it. I, you know, I'm a huge Joe Dante fan, but didn't do it for me. I like actually, you know who I think is really good in it still after all these years is Bruce Dern. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you no. Know, by the way, Dan, Dana Olson
2: wrote that. I don't know if you knew Dana Olson. Who is that? He's a screenwriter, Joe. Um, oh no shit! But, but no, I, I wanted to say this because you know what other things he wrote. No. I think this is hilarious. Um, he's known best for the Burbs, arguably, but he wrote wo- wrote wrote wo- marriage. Um, he wrote one of your favorite John Carpenter films, which one? memoirs of the Invisible Man, no. and George of the Jungle, and oh. Inspector
0: Gadget. Which Inspector Gadget?
1: Matthew Broderick.
0: <laughs> Broderick. Okay.
2: Um. So I decided to bring that up because I know you want to know as much as you can about Memoirs of the Invisible Man.
1: (laughs) I'm pretty sure he took that to finish off a contractor for the money.
2: February 24th, the only movie I'm going to mention that came out, and I'm mentioning this solely for Chad, that is when The Toxic Avenger Part 2 was unleashed upon the world. That makes
0: sense. Yeah, Um, there was a few independent films that were straight to VHS. I guess they weren't straight to VHS. I guess they did find a few theaters that came out that 1989 was a good year.
1: Okay. What's next? Which I will talk to. I'm going to
0: skip some of the
2: movies that nobody really knows about anymore. A big hit that came out. We're in March now. Lean on me.
1: Yeah, I got lean on me on here is in one of, is in the top twenty. I think
2: it was a big hit. Matter of fact, let me in fact it. number
1: nine has been on Ted's Excellent Adventure.
2: Lean on me was number one at the box office for two straight weeks before it was un, un, uh, unseated by Chevy Chase. Flesh lives. Flesh lives. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I want to bring up million on me because I think that's that uh, with a big movie. And, and, again, one that people quote sometimes without knowing it. And you get the Morgan Freeman and the Tony Todd. I had fun to pair Tony Todd. So. Yeah, I can um,
1: never remember Tony Todd in it. I'm sure he is, but I haven't seen it in years.
2: He's, he's listed last in the credits, so that should tell you the level of the role. On – March 10th there were no other major films that opened because they were sure that this film the next film I'm going to say was going to be a hit so they backed off of that weekend this film bombed horribly the adventures of baron munchausen
1: oh i can't believe the adventures of baron munchausen didn't have any competition and still tanked, tanked yeah. it did
2: and that's what that's what cuz i was looking at the release dates and literally March uh 3rd Four films came out, leaning on Me being the one most people remember. Um, though John Milius' Farewell to the King also came out again. Which
1: is him. another Nick Nolte film. I've seen it as well. It's actually um, not a bad movie. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, you get um, <laughs> He's a white guy in the jungle. So the 10th is
2: the only, The Adventures of Baron Moonchasm was the only major Which,
1: release. you want to talk about no, it? No, I mean, Baron we could Moon, probably do a whole episode on Terry yeah, Gilliam.
0: Yeah, Terry Gilliam and Baron Munchausen. Ch- so, the Adventures of Baron Munchausen, for me personally, is probably in my top, one of my top ten favorite movies of all time, I period. Really, I would have thought top five. <clears throat> it probably is the top five. Um, but I actually didn't discover it in 1989. I didn't discover Baron Munchausen until late 90s. Um, and it's, it's just an amazing film. It, there's a, it's a, if you haven't seen it, you need to go check it. I believe it was his second film uh jabberwocky was being his first uh, fourth it'd be it's sorry brazil Brazil. i forgot about brazil uh
2: he considers it part of his trilogy of imagination it's the last film in his trilogy of imagination
0: it's and it's an amazing piece of fantasy um i highly recommend and i could do it's beautiful um uma thurman and and a young uma thurman's in it
1: um robin williams
0: we could sit. Uh, we're you know, we're trying to barrel through the whole year,
1: so I'm not going to go. And we're going to we're going to go a little quicker, but yeah, yeah. we're going to spend some more time in the summer. But, um,
0: the they've re released Baron Munchausen and gave it a proper release on DVD. And the, the story of what Terry Gilliam had to go through to get that movie made is fantastic. It's it a, did go way over budget though, because they, they gave him yeah. 23 million and it went up to 48. Well, at one point, some guy was the, the, the producer was holding the film hostage. Yeah, they and it they, made it, eight they million. Couldn't get, they couldn't get it out. So, well, it wouldn't be the last time Terry
1: G would go through
0: that either. And I don't think when I don't think when it was released, it got much of a mark. It didn't get much of a marketing campaign for its release, which is why it tanked.
2: It's you know, and I I enjoy the film actually. I think anytime
0: you get Pythons together, I'm probably going to enjoy it though. It's yeah, that's true. Um,
2: so uh, moving ahead quicker, yeah, uh, I'll jump forward on. The the next weekend we got one of Joe's favorite films, Police Academy Six. City under did stage. not did not rank it well at the box office. Wasn't yeah. number one that weekend, or nothing.
1: What was number one? Number one uh, was still Lean on Me. Okay, I was wondering when. Look who's talking. I thought Look who's talking came around around that same time. We're we're c- coming up on it. Um, okay, I was close. Moving forward, March seventeenth,
2: we get Fletch Lives. Fletch Lives not. As popular as Fletch, for good reason. But, but some it, people do like it a lot. It's very quotable, too. Number one at the box office for two straight weeks, which was kind of weird for this early in the year. Usually movies go peak and then drop quickly. So, uh, Moving on quicker, Leviathan is the 17th. Woo! The
1: and can I give a shout-out? Jed and I rewatched this What? What? Didn't we watch this together a while back? A while back, but not recently. Well, I don't know. I'm yeah. old. I still like it. Yeah, I can't not like it. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. I uh, like the Burbs better than Leviathan. So the monster <laughs> don't make a lot of sense. No, nothing about it. But it's a cool idea with a great cast.
0: watching Daniel Stern slowly devolve into what he becomes. Boy,
1: mm, well, sure is hot.
0: By Were the you way, talking it about opened, Home Alone, no, it
2: opened ah, again. It opened know? against Rooftops, and Rooftops is only relevant for one reason.
1: I don't even know what that is.
2: It was a, a crime and uh, dance film. Really? It's relevant only because it is the last theatrical motion picture uh, directed by Robert Watts.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And it, it was his
2: second film about poor New Yorkers that involved dance.
1: Yeah, the other one was something no one ever heard of. Mean Streets? Yeah, never going to be remade or nothing. I wouldn't even bring it up. No, I wouldn't bring uh, it up.
2: Real quick, finishing out uh, March, we get
1: 976 Evil, directed yeah. by uh, Robert England, yep. starring Stephen uh, Jeffries from um, Friday Night, Evil Ed. With a screenplay by Brian Hill. If I say. Who would shoot anyway. on the fame, not only do that one, he actually wrote, we well, got credit for riding Nightmare on Elm Street 4, but we we'll, you'll get there eventually.
0: Yeah. Um, Troop Beverly Hills.
1: We're <clears throat> shopping is Your our greatest skill. There you
0: go. And um, and let's not admit, and let's not forget the most important part about Troop Beverly Hills. It introduced me to Carla Gugino. Mm. So also has the kids in that. She's the one whose parents don't show up for her birthday, and they they have the birthday party on the yacht. I don't remember. Yeah.
2: Also has Jenny Lewis in it, which if you're a fan of Rallo College, she went on to
0: be. No, 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 no. Carla Gugino. Hmm. That's enough. <laughs> Next, how dare you forgive forget
2: Willie Garson? I don't know. Um, I you got to mention Heathers. Hezars closes out March.
1: Yeah, Heathers is another cult film, back to Christian Slater. It was directed Wrangling by... And Glenn oh, What is that guy's name? He made a movie I really like called The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Richard Baskin. Made, huh?
0: Richard Baskin. Richard Baskin. Is that who directed it? That's who James is directed it. He directed it. He also
2: was uh, the writer of several songs for Nashville by Robert Altman.
1: Just huh. I don't... Richard Baskin. That doesn't sound right. on. I'm not on. I'm arguing. In it
2: up. It's Michael Lehman. It's Michael, Michael. Lehman, yeah. Because Michael, Michael Lehman. Lehman also I looked at the wrong line. I'm sorry. I've got my the notes Master
1: on. told you it was wrong. I don't care if he's looking at a computer. Anyway. I trust I'm Michael, sorry. I'm Michael sorry. Lehman how directed how one you? of now, your who? favorite cult classic films. What's that? Um Hudson Hawk.
2: Ooh. I love it. Who Hudson before Hawk. this started said, Hey James, can, can, you, can, you, find can you find a list? I looked at the wrong line. All right, next. Okay, we get into April, and April has some of the films that people still love to this day. Uh, and I'm of course going to start with Chad's all-time favorite film, Hilda Night. But let's go ahead and lay it on the line: Cyborg with John Claude Van Oh, uh, uh, no. no! But actually, two films opened side by side. and I didn't know these opened at the same time. One of them's remembered; the is remembered by people like me. The one that's remembered, Major League. Yeah. Yes. You y- y- lollygag. Yes. It brought it up. We brought it up in our sports movie episode. The other one is Dream Team opened against that. And nobody remembers Dream Team, but I love it. Nobody
1: remembers Dream Team. That's funny that they both entered, that they both came out. I didn't know that. That was brought up on another former episode of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So watch Uh, those
2: previous episodes. Going on because this is what they are.
0: Because this is like episode (laughs) one hundred and forty. Watch them all again, folks. Watch them all again. Dream Team was in our Hidden Gems episode. Yeah, Major League was not. No. Major Major League
2: and and Dream Team, and by the way, let me see, did any of those actually peak at number one? Major League was number one for two straight weeks.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Dream Team was not. Oddly enough, because Major League was uh, number one for two straight weeks, disorganized crime and and say anything never got a chance.
0: Do you see
1: what we're saying here? Once again, 89, disorganized crime we just talked about three weeks ago.
0: Yep. I mean – 1989 <laughs> what can we say good year
1: and say anything is a cameron crowe film it's his directorial debut he'd written a book he'd written a, he wrote several different things that's his directorial debut correct yeah thanks so. yeah and everybody remembers the, in your, your eyes, eyes the light the heat the only problem your is eyes, whatever. It,
0: it, i it, can't it, compete which, <laughs> the only problem with that is that's the only good scene in that movie. <laughs> I disagree. It yeah. also has
1: Frazier's dad in it, who's an excellent character actor. So, remember we, Fraser's dad's name is John something Mahoney, Mahoney John Mahoney. Mahoney. Yeah, John Mahoney. Mahoney He's a great character actor. Excellent. And I know He's what died. y'all are thinking. thinking. James has already mentioned one
2: John Claude Van Damme movie this month. How could there be two? Well, there was. Kickboxer came out the same month. What?
1: Who in the hell has I know. the talent? to do Cyborg and Kickboxer in the same That would imply that Canon Films was making films
2: very, very quickly to get two films out with the same actor in the same month.
1: Do you think Canon
2: was worried about film quality?
1: No, I watch Electric Boogaloo, (laughs) moving right along. Um, April
2: 21st is a big day in history because the number one movie for this weekend and the next two weekends that followed it would be Pet Cemetery which was a huge hit which was a huge hit but do you know what it overshadowed i didn't know what overshadowed this film that most people at least quote or quote indirectly what field of dreams if you build it so it came out the same
1: time field of dreams same
2: weekend april 21st the films that came out april 21st were pet cemetery field of dreams red uh, if scorpion would have my head
1: there's but, no way i would have said that
2: what was the third movie you said red scorpion See You in the Morning, Speed Zone, and another one that some people have a, a weird obsession with, Teen Witch.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll co- So can Junk I give Urban a shout-out to Speed Zone? Speed Zone is an obscure film. It's technically Cannonball Run 3. It's got John Candy in it. It's got Donna Douglas, who is Mrs. Dan Aykroyd, several other actors made by – what did you say? Peter Boyle, Tom Smothers, it's got Carl several- Lewis. Yeah,
2: Shields,
1: Dick Sargent. It's got a ton of people in it. It's not a good movie, actually. It's got Lee Van Cleef is in a cameo in it at the beginning, skipping rocks with his grandson. Um, however, if you're in the movies and you're into Cannonball Run, check out Speed Zone, and there's an interesting story behind it. So keep going for for another day.
2: The twenty eighth there's not, I mean, there's no major films that most people talk about that came out the 28th of April, but I want to bring it up because one film that did come out was Scandal by, uh, by uh, Miramax. Uh-huh. And the one reason I bring it up is the cast on it is phenomenal. John Hurt, Ian McKellen, Bridget Fonda, Rick Eklund, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if I've ever seen Scandal, but after seeing that cast, I'm interested in seeing it. Yeah. So anyway, um, Jumping forward to May, I'm going to skip some of these because I want to make sure that Chad gets to talk about these two films that somehow, somehow, the studios didn't realize what they had. They opened these films as the only films that premiered May 12th. The epic box office battle between Earth Girls Are Easy, uh, No Evil, Hear No Evil. Uh, How can you do that? Those are two Oscar-worthy films that you open up and say, I can't uh,
1: I'll talk about See No Evil, Hear No Evil real quick if you'll do Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah, okay. Because I don't care for that one.
0: Well, I did it, so let's talk, let me, no, okay, so now we got to start with it. So I loved Earth Girls Are Easy as a child. Yeah. As Joe's experience with, uh, what movie did you say, uh, The Burbs?
1: I don't think The Burbs is as shitty as Earth Girls Are Easy. Hold I on. just said Does it doesn't quite work hold now. Let me
0: so uh, a late viewing of The Earth Girls Are Easy? Yeah, movie doesn't hold up. It wasn't good to begin with. <laughs> no. It has Jim
1: Carrey, Damon love, Wayans.
0: It was an amazing cast: Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, Downtown Damon Julie Brown, Wayans. Downtown Julie Braves. Brains, 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 and Michael <laughs> McKean as the Pool Man. Okay, it's not a good movie.
1: no, it's not a good movie. See no evil, Here no evil was the third pairing. Is it the third or fourth? No, it's the third of Gene Wilder and. Um, Richard Fryer. Fryer. probably the last. It has a great. It has a couple of good sight gags. Probably the last <laughs>
0: great comedic duo in movie history, don't you? Wouldn't you think?
1: I don't know. I, now the, that's a, with the exception. I mean, has there, there been a good example, comedic
0: duo since? I'm sure if I thought about. I mean, it there's there was, <laughs> there was there was Mathew and Lat uh, Mathew and uh, uh, Lemon, but that
2: I'm going to have to make way. an argument, Chad, and and you all may hate me because especially with their most recent effort. But I'm actually going to argue uh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell.
1: you're right. I don't know that I get on board with that as much as I like. *Teletaga uh, Knights, *Step Brothers*. I, *Step Brothers* doesn't quite do it for me most of the time. It's that, quotable as hell. Well,
2: I was going to say, and I think that's it. And 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 what I the reason I say those two together is. Um, I like John C. Riley, regardless. Actually, I was uh, watching Chicago recently, and I'm like, man, John C. Riley in a musical just works. Oh,
1: he's really good in that.
2: That being said, the difference being, I don't. I I think Will Ferrell is stronger with John C. Riley than he is on his own. I'm going to be the guy that says that. There you go.
1: Okay. Uh, Anyway, next weekend. I can't believe that came out early May.
2: Yeah. I'm going to skip every other film because it doesn't matter, Joe, because you know what May 19th brought us, right? May Uh,
1: 19th. It was Star Trek V.
2: By the way, see no e- evil, hear no evil was number one at the box office for two weeks. Yeah, but the 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 movie that premiered and that would change cinema as we know it, that came out May nineteenth is of course the epic film Roadhouse.
1: Roadhouse. Oh, by the way, the villain is a guy who went on to do American. Uh, what's what's that movie with Annette Bening? American President. No. No. What? Where she's got the husband and he eventually gets shot and two kids and beautiful America. What's it called? Oh, oh shit. American, American Beauty. Beauty. American Beauty. Yeah. What was that guy's name in it? I don't know. We don't but. talk about him anymore. <laughs> no. Ever since he molested them oh, people. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, you know, you should also mention the fact that he was in See No Evil there no Evil.
1: That's no. what I was going to oh. He's the villain. Yeah, yeah. He's no. one of the villain. I so is Anthony it. Zerbe. Yeah.
0: I was <laughs> by
2: the way, no, you, you mentioned, you're talking yeah, about Kevin Spacey. He's you know in I mean, it. Movie? he's blind right what'd you say you know how many movies kevin spacey's were, was in that w- was already on this list did that well, man sleep in 89 no he
1: was,
0: actually, he, was, yeah, he was a legitimate working actor before before usual suspects
2: yeah yeah i mean he's all over the place if just look at all the movies now some of them he filmed earlier obviously but 89 he did a ton of films so we get roadhouse
1: but and then has- we don't really need anything. Let's we'll stop right yeah, there. We're, we're good. Road. No, Roadhouse.
2: I can't let you do that because Roadhouse never got to number one. because they. Well, premiered- that's a bunch of horse shit. Next to Ken, knock it out? Uh, no. They premiered a, a, a little film that opened middle of the week for the four-day weekend that was coming up that year. And it was about a guy in a fedora, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Okay. Probably-
1: so, if you go through the rankers, what's number one? Uh, what about
0: you? Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I saw it that weekend. I didn't see Indiana (coughs) Jones and the Last Crusade until midnight. Last week.
1: Why? I just
0: never got to – I I wasn't – this was one of these same Star Wars stories I've said multiple times on this episode. I wasn't introduced to Indiana Jones until I was a teenager.
1: No, but he loved Quartermain.
0: No, I didn't. (laughs) Either fun. I think they should
1: have got a bigger laugh out there somewhere.
0: I preferred The Gentle Grace. That is Firewalker. I like Firewalker as kid <laughs> quite a bit, actually. I prefer the Quarterbane
1: movie. I'll, I'll say
0: that. I don't What's care.
1: funny is, we we've, I've, I've met two people from Firewalker. Okay, Joe. So. Sonny I'm Landon and Chuck Norris. Uh, but not Luke Gossett. I never got. now nah, messed out on Luke Gossett. What'd you say? Is he still alive? Isn't Luke Gossett? Yeah, Luke Gossett still alive? Jr. He's still active. I think then why? You, or... you haven't necessarily missed out
0: on him. You just haven't met him yet. Let's he's not bury him. a movie with uh, Tom Behringer about superheroes in a retirement home. I think he really beat cancer like a couple of years yeah. ago, right? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So Indiana Jones opened obviously huge. Oh, he's also they- in uh howl oh shit. <laughs> Never mind, continue on. It's a great it's
1: Happen Leonard. He was in <laughs> Happen Leonard. Can I talk about Can I, I talk Happen about Last Crusade? So yeah. a lot of people love Raiders Lost Ark, of course, with classic film. A lot of people like Temple of Doom because of the darkness and what that people don't like about it. Yeah, yeah. Last Crusade pisses off some Indiana Jones film fin, fans. Why, James? I don't know, Joe. Why? I don't know. Well, I, th- I thought we've talked about this before. Uh, I, we uh, we have. I just want to make sure you where they've cha- because it's mainly to do with supporting characters and how they made yeah, them more comical. It and is com- Denholm Elliott. Denholm Elliott. They made him and uh, Rice da- John, John Rice Davies uh, comic relief, which they were not in the first. No, movie. no. As a matter of fact, in the original in in raiders
2: yeah uh um oh uh and character has a line if i was younger i'd go with you implying that you know i'm not saying disney should do prequels but if they let me write them they should about his character because yeah. it implies
1: that he's done some stuff before it changes it does it, it didn't bother he, me it as a child i loved it i thought it was i i just I remember seeing it in the theater with my mother. Like I said, I watched a lot of movies that summer, at the movies. I was lucky enough, but I now looking back on it, I do see why Indiana Jones film fans do complain about that. Of course, the Crystal Skull came out. and was, <laughs> 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 I well, have shut hope the fuck the- up. They only make the three. Yeah,
2: yeah. I have hope for five. No, you know, and I'll, I'll be <laughs> honest. Uh, I rewatched. I, I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan. Matter of fact, and I've said this before, I love Star Wars. Star Wars, however, net, didn't hit me when I was younger as hard as Indiana Jones did. I loved Indiana Jones from the first time I saw it. I love Star Wars too, but I was obsessed with Indiana Jones. And that being said, I rewatched Crystal Skull. It's probably been about three months ago because I sat down and I watched them all again because I just love those films. And I, and, and I think the issue with Crystal Skull is it's an Indiana Jones film. <laughs> like, if you were just doing oh we're going to explore this mythology okay fine If but that it doesn't feel like an indian jones movie. if
1: it was on saturday night on the sci-fi channel you'd be fine with it yeah the problem and is, is you put Antonio a character sabata junior yeah you put you'd uh, be Lorenzo fine Llamas, with it Lorenzo right you'd yeah. be fine with it the yeah. fact is an indian i get it what you're saying Fine. you.
2: Yeah. I like I, I watched it and I was like, if I ignore the other three movies, which I don't want to do because I love them, I can sit and say, oh, this is entertaining. But it's, I'm like, oh, Andy, come on. Uh, anyway, um, Joe, uh, real quick for the last movie that open. So Indiana Jones opens on a Wednesday, Friday, they still decide to put out another movie to compete against it. Joe, who is the most famous stunt man that became a film director that we've talked about before? Hal Needham. You know who we've never talked about? No. Buddy Van Horn. What Buddy movie Horn, is it? For those of you that don't know, was Clint Eastwood's stunt double, but he also directed three Clint Eastwood films: the the ones that people tend to know is Any Which Way You Can, and the Deadpool. But in 1989, he directed his final collaboration with Clint: Pink Eastwood. Cadillac, Pink
1: Cadillac. Yeah, it's on the list. Chad and I were talking about Chad's like, that's the one with Tim Roberts and Rob Williams. No, that's I was Chad. like, Cadillac, man. man. No, King yeah. Cadillac was a dud. That's him and yep. Bernadette Peters. Yep. That's actually not a terrible movie, but it, it that's one of the forgotten Clint Eastwood films.
0: Yeah.
1: Not so, that it needs to be remembered, but it's not as bad as I think people remember it.
0: No,
1: no, it's, it's – I mean, it is – it's not – <laughs> even Clint Eastwood fans if you
2: say name your top 10 it don't make that list but yeah. it's not a terrible film uh I want to bring it so the June 2nd we're in the summer now right big summer films. yep and one of the films that came out on June 2nd has been quoted in English classrooms it has been used to inspire teachers and of course I refer to no hold bard. June second, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, Kurt Fuller, Joan Severance, and Tony Lister Jr. brings smell? us <laughs> <to clears> the <throat> New Line Cinema and WWE
1: Studios teamed up to give us that film. That that uh, John Carpenter's talked about that before of being he's a wrestling fan, being a fan of Hulk and 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 that his, his They just didn't cast him right. No. They didn't find the right roles for him.
0: I will say the high, I don't know, Suburban Commando. Mm. It's it's more fun. It's more fun. It's a better movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'll just briefly talk about it because this is one of those uh, childhood memories of mine. Um, When No Holes Barred came out. Uh, my dad actually, uh, we actually got to go see <coughs> WWF wrestling a few times live. My, they actually were able to somehow get the money to take us, and um, pinkies up. Yeah, pinkies up. But that was like one of the, my find, one of my one. And this is why Tiny Lister, who played Zeus, is uh, one of my favorite actors. Is just because I got to stand there right at the gate and watch him come in as Zeus. Oh, that's cool, and it was like it's still ingrained in my brain your eight year old mind nine year old no, well guess I was eight it wasn't July yet. Yeah. why do I know that better than you uh, I don't know, but uh no uh so that's nohol's bar could have taken them all oh, we also forgot another great line what from uh Holes bar what stay away from me, you jockass <laughs> right before he inexplicably Gently leans into the television equipment, and it gets electric. I don't remember
1: the actor's name, but he was the villain. Oh, of course, he's the villain in a movie we're going to talk about in a few minutes. Yes. In the same summer, he pissed off the Hulkster, and we'll talk about him in a minute. A minute. So, so,
0: yeah, so yeah, I just, we're talking about 1989. and I, I don't know if we'll ever talk about No Holds Barred again, <laughs> so I just wanted to share that little moment. Maybe with we should run out of ideas and we start talking
1: films. about the greatest wrestling movies.
0: Oh, Oh, man, you
2: have to have some of the rock movies in it, if you yeah. smell, indeed, what the rock has been. Prepared. Run it
0: down, best rock movie.
2: Uh, uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun. So, No Hold Bar did open against Dead Poets Society, which is obviously is what I was originally going to refer to. Oh, but,
1: Captain, my Captain. I tell you, Dead Poets Never Society. Never number one at the box up. office. No. What was number one at the box
0: office that weekend? Indiana Jones held on. Oh, okay. Jones. Um,
2: Really? Indi- uh, Hulk Hogan didn't dethrone him? No. <laughs> but listen to what else didn't dethrone them? because I was looking at this list. Uh, one of the best films that the Hemdale Film Corporation ever put out came out that weekend, and I refer, of course, to the epic Nick Cage early effort of Vampire's Kiss. Yes, yeah. That opened against Scenes from the Class Struggle on Beverly Hills, by Paul director Paul by Bartel,
1: yeah.
2: And it also uh, was I've against Renegades with Blue Diamond uh, Blue Phillips, Diamond
1: Phillips. That was a loaded weekend for B-movies. <laughs> wow. I, oddly enough, I've seen everything, but I'm sure I've seen Renegades, but I don't have a recollection have of that. I have seen Renegades. So, and so we – I was 10-year moved... – yeah, no, 11-year-old me. I know I saw that later that summer when it finally came out on video. Watching class scenes from The Class Struggle of Beverly Hills, <laughs> directed by Paul Bartel. <laughs> I With did Wallace not Young. need to see that at 10 no. <laughs> or 11. Would you say? With Wallace Shawn.
2: Yeah, Wallace Shawn. Uh, anytime yeah. I give a shout out to Wallace Shawn. I, I Inconceivable. A He's the Grand negus, sir. Uh, yeah, anyway, so what, so so Indiana Jones still held on, beat all that. What knocked Indiana Jones out of number one? Tell us. I want to think of Ghostbusters too. No, sir. It's the reason they're putting seatbelts in movie theaters. Star Trek so. 5. Star Trek 5. We've already talked about Star Trek Five last week, Joe. Skip. Now, what, knowing how epic Star Trek Five is, yes. What possibly could have knocked it out that opened the next weekend? Ghostbusters Two. Ghostbusters Two.
1: I knew and it. They starred the villain from No Holtzbart. No <laughs> Within four weeks, he was the villain in No Holds Barred, the most hated
2: man in America. <laughs> Did you have you read anything about that actor? his actual history like he was a bodybuilder and all that stuff
1: no really he was a bodybuilder
2: read he was a boxer actually read his history he was a terrible human being so
1: i want to eventually do a ghostbusters episode i think we need to do that in 2020 for obvious reasons for obvious reasons i i one of the things i want to defend real quick i was so
0: excited man
1: ghostbusters kurt fuller kurt fuller
0: yeah who was, in, who was uh, also in a uh, Supernatural?
1: Yeah, and he's actually an autofocus, which is a really good Kurt movie but I about.
0: The Vigo guy. Guy. Sorry,
2: no, James. I was talking about the Vigo guy. Never mind. Okay, no, no. I was who
1: talking, was talking about Kurt Fuller. The oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> I was so excited. The one thing people, if they don't know us, should know, is we actually we have a lot in common, but we don't really agree on everything. But the one thing is, is Ghostbusters shaped our childhood. Yes, correct. Right. And we have a deep attachment to it. Yes. I love that movie. Yep. The first, so putting this
2: in perspective, and Joe and Chad both know this, but when I got my first real job, where i met Joe, uh, when I graduated, the first thing that I did when I got my first paycheck, and I think I was making 19000 a year, but I was convinced I was winning. The first luxury item I bought myself is, was a custom made Ghostbusters uniform.
1: Which you still have.
2: I still wear it. I went trick-or-treating with my kids in it. And every year, by the way, I have people stop me and ask for pictures. Or And this year, by the way, I was like, this is both cool and freaky. A car pulled up next to me and was just idling on the corner. And he, like, he never left the corner. And he was goofing off with his stereo. I couldn't figure out what he was doing. And then all of a sudden he rolled down his windows and blared the Ghostbusters theme and followed me down the sidewalk with my kids while I was trick-or-treating. And I was like, this is both really, really cool and really, really creepy, but it was awesome because everybody all of a sudden, and then people started to do the dance and it was, it lasted two minutes, but it was awesome for those two minutes. And I still think that's the power of Ghostbusters.
0: So yeah, Ghostbusters two gets ripped on saying it's a, it's a piss poor s- sequel. As a child, and still to this day, I have a fondness for Ghostbusters, too. I don't
1: think it's as bad as people say No, it's not. My problem now, looking back on it, because I loved it as a kid.
0: No, when it came out and I saw it in the theater, I walked away and I was just like, I want to go see it again immediately. Yeah.
1: My problem is, is it doesn't necessarily look like Ghostbusters. No. Considering it was just five years later, it doesn't even look like it was shot like Ghostbusters. No, it's,
0: it's... Uh, the, the best it looks way- more like an 80s
1: movie than Ghostbusters does. Yeah.
0: Well, see, I thought Ghostbusters 2 was cleaner. There was a grittiness to Ghostbusters yeah. 1. But I think that grit worked for some reason for me. It's yeah. darker. Yes.
1: Ghostbusters is darker than Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. I mean, it's just shot darker. Um, anyway, <clears throat> I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. No. It was not as – it was a it was a huge hit. Still made over $100 million, but yeah. it was just not the oh, hit that Ghost. And that's
2: actually what I was going to say. So, Ghostbusters, so so Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade comes out, becomes the biggest weekend of all time, surpassing Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom four-day memorial weekend of $33.9 million. Now, again, remember, this is the 80s. We're not to the $100 million weekend yet. That being said, Ghostbusters 2 came out and immediately smacked that record down. When Ghostbusters 2 came out, it was a huge, huge hit. In three days, it made twenty nine million, which surpassed because Indiana Jones did it over four days for World Day weekend. Yeah, the per day on Ghostbusters two
0: knocked the record out of Indiana Jones. But the marketing campaign for Ghostbusters two was insane,
1: dude. The I Hardy's had the Hardy's cups. cup, Hardy's. Right. I had the Hardy, yeah, the Hardy's cups, the Hardy's little toy. toy had, that yeah. made the made of sounds. I had all of it, and I wish I, was, I actually still have the cups. I should have brought the cups yeah. over. Here.
0: I had all that stuff, and I don't. <clears>
1: but we're not. We're not done with huge marketing campaigns for that summer and fast food, are we? No,
2: no, because Joe, Ghostbusters, despite being a hit, only lasted one week because what film would have knocked Ghostbusters flat?
1: You want to say it? I got the last one. You know this one. Sure.
0: Batman. No, Robin. Oh, shit where does he get these wonderful so stories?
1: um so this not movie all, so, of summer quotes folks I'm, so I'm here's curious. the cool
0: thing about 19 uh, we I'm going to briefly jump back in time to 1988 89 no 1988 99 the highest grossing film of 1988 in terms of budget was who framed no wait that was 1990 wasn't it who framed Roger Rabbit oh, was that in 88 wasn't in 88. it 88 so who framed Roger Rabbit was the highest box uh, high budget is cost to make the very next year, Batman comes out, and now it is now the, high, the, the 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 most costly movie ever made after Roger Rabbit. So that's, you know, you start to see the big budget evolution starting from 1988 to 1989 as Batman, and then it never looked back. And you have Batmania during this time. I oh, mean, yeah.
2: It was marketed everywhere. There were 14 different
1: card sets from tops and top subsidiaries. And- oh, and – you had Prince songs on the effing soundtrack. Yeah. Cause I yeah. mean,
0: there was, um, and there's a whole story about the whole Mark, the m- merchandising of Batman. And, uh, so when Batman was released, I think they had 14 companies making the, the, the apparel to be sold. And then when Batman returns, their whole gimmick was, okay, we did this with Batman. Let's take it back. So, so even then, like they, they only, they only, re- they only leased merchandising to two companies and, when Batman returns because they blew up Batman so much. Yeah. And so again, to put this in perspective about how quick
2: the summer of eighty nine escalated, I've already said Indiana Jones broke the record. Ghostbusters two comes out, takes the record away from Indiana Jones. Batman comes out one week later and just demolishes it. Forty million dollar opening weekend in the
1: 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it cemented the career of Tim Burton. People think it's Beetlejuice. And don't get me wrong, Beetlejuice was was Some people argue maybe his most original film, but But it was a huge hit, but it's never, it's not Batman.
2: The second weekend of Batman would have been, had it not been for the first weekend, the second weekend would have been the record holder. It made another 30 some million the second weekend.
0: So it's huge. Yeah. I mean, and also too, uh, you know, being a kid, you know, we didn't have the superhero movies and I'm. I, this is like back in the day, we didn't have. No, Kevin no. Smith has talked about it. Yeah, we didn't have superhero films. We had. I we watched had that. I watched that
2: crappy JD Salinger son clear shielded crap Captain America, and we were lucky to have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously, and not to sound like, but Chad's right. The 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 comic films that did exist were no budget, cheaply made. And we were just ecstatic to have something, even though usually they didn't follow any of the origin
0: stories. They were just all over the place. Yeah, and so then then comes Batman, and I mean it just changes the bo- I mean now, granted it had
1: nothing to do with the comics. No, it
0: had nothing to do with the comics. Batman-
1: other, other than to look like the Dark Knight returns,
2: right? Well, and, and I mean the basic origin of his dad and mom died.
0: Yeah, that's it, right? But I mean the the, the quote unquote origin given to the
2: Joker is not he wasn't Joe Chill, he wasn't.
0: By the way, this was was one of two comic book movies that came out in 1989.
2: Do you know what opened opposite Batman that went on to also spawn several sequels and follow ups? No. It's one of the greatest films that stars both Matt Frewer, (laughs) who is an underrated Sherlock Holmes. I don't care what people say. He's an underrated character,
1: actually, that's for sure. And
2: he carried National uh, Lampoon Senior Trip, Rick Moranis.
0: I, mean, I shrunk the kids. kids. You know, that yeah, week. I saw
1: that in the
0: theater too. Oh my god, I saw the I saw
1: the I now, I'm, I'm Now recollecting about it, no shit. They must have just took me every fucking weekend. Yeah, they
0: probably did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna throw Joe in the theater so we can go <laughs> talk to our attorneys about who's getting what. <laughs> now they weren't fucking. <laughs> That's what you're about to no, say. No, <laughs> well, no. well at least not mom. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Hold on,
2: hold on. It's. They had to throw Joe in the movie theater so they could go talk to their attorneys, which I imagine went something like this. No, I don't want him.
0: You take it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> damn it, Joe. You <laughs> beat me to it. Uh, no. Oh, it oh,
1: would be so funny if it wasn't so true. Well, why I, saw, you know,
0: uh, <laughs> I saw Honey, I Shrunk the Kids at the drive-in theater. With a, a, it was a double of uh, the burbs and
1: Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I didn't know that that came out the same weekend as Batman. Batman. It was I mean, a huge you, hit. That was it was amazing. also a hit. It was also, that was, that's what I mean. It's, that was originally supposed to be uh, directed by Stuart Gordon.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah. So, but, so Batman opened
2: opposite that. Batman obviously owns its second week, but there's movie that's, movies that come out the next week that, even though they never get number one because of Batman, are pretty historically significant. Specifically, Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 1989, Spike Lee. Spike Lee's best film, in my, in
2: my opinion. And the cast on that. Ozzie Davis. Danny Aiello. Ruby D. Yeah. John Turturro. John Turturro. But also covered up by Batman is, of course, the fourth greatest film in Pat Morita's arsenal. Karate Kids
1: Are Kid Kids. Part 3. Oh, I thought
0: you were going to say collision course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so. Have we not got to, I guess it's in July we get to Lethal Weapon 2, sorry. I was going to say,
2: July. July fifth, opening on a Wednesday for some reason, is weekend at Bernie's. But weekend at Bernie's, when it gets to the Friday, gets buried by Lethal
1: Weapon, Weapon
2: two. Two and a and my, immunity. I, I did not know Lethal Weapon two was as big as it was.
1: It's a huge but hit. I, bigger than the first
0: one. That's why we got number It was three. number one at the box office.
2: Not Batman out, but not only did it knock Batman out, it was number one at the box office for three straight weeks. It owned July. The weekend of July ninth, sixteenth, and twenty third, the number one movie at the box office was *Lethal Weapon*.
1: *Lethal Weapon* two <clears throat> is a is a good movie. Yeah. I, I it's a great sequel. When it comes to sequels, and this yeah. is a, this obviously is a summer of sequels. <laughs> *Lethal Weapon* two is a great sequel. *Lethal Weapon* and *Lethal Weapon* two, but I think people forget if you actually look at the box office, James *Lethal Weapon* two made more money than *Lethal Weapon*.
2: Yeah, it was huge.
1: Shane Black That's was the original was. screenwriter, and they actually had to fire him because he killed mm-hmm. off. Riggs, oh really mm-hmm. in his draft and they couldn't have yeah, yeah. we not gonna do that we
2: gotta have sequels yeah by the way anthony zerby has been in a couple of films that we talked about and i've said zerby please please don't send me hate mail. which <laughs> actually lead leads weapon. to the next film which did not unseat lethal weapon i said lethal weapon held on for for um three weeks but there's there's two films that came out in the 14th that have a place in cinema history for different reasons. When Harry Met Sally, yeah, yeah, not the 14th of July. Again, never was number one, but did okay for itself. But
1: just because we've talked a lot of genre films, I want to say not only directed by Rob Reiner, probably one of the top two, at least in the top three, best romantic comedies ever made. Oh, Barney, Barney, well,
2: written by Nora Ephron yeah.
1: too. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, the film for me, Harry Met Sally, it. and I need to think of the third one. She's Got Mail. I your actually hands. like She's Got Mail, or He's Got Mail, or You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. It's You've Got Mail. You, yeah, yeah. Pattern bald mail. He's got bald mail, did
0: I say? She's got bald mail. She's got bald mail.
1: <laughs> <laughs> today incident, bald?
0: She's got, got bald, bald mail. mail. <laughs> by the way,
1: the, I'll I think, have
2: what bald mail was having. The other movie that came out that weekend, Yeah. Um, which starred Wayne Newton and Benicio Del Toro. I uh, know exactly what it is.
1: You know why? Cause guess who saw it in a the theater with his mommy? Because she's a huge. <laughs> da, 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 da.
2: Hey, can I take a pause here? We probably need to do a Bond episode eventually. We do, and that's an I,
1: unappreciated Bond film. Which, I know a lot this? of
0: people hate I Timothy Dalton. Wait, hold on. Okay, so I'm not the big Timothy Dalton. Timothy Dalton's a good Bond fi- Bond, Bond Bond, but the his his Bond movies were kind of made for tv movie-ish
1: the living daylights i always found boring but i really like license to Kill. is
0: license to well, kill the one where they feed the guy to the shark yes okay yeah. the one the guy that's played by jeffrey right yeah. now yeah i think that's the they kill thing felix and, and it's the same argument they killed his wife
1: they kill his wife I maybe, can't remember.
0: maybe but felix lived felix survived yeah felix being happy by a fucking shark and then comes Have back been, later. Just, Have not, you ever seen Jaws 2 where Quinn comes back? Yeah. <laughs> no. How about Jaws 3 where Mario Van Peebles comes – no, Jaws 4, 4 where Mario Van Peebles comes back <laughs> after being swallowed fucking whole. And the shark explodes. No, no, seriously. They hold him in a pool of water and let the whole lower half of him get eaten by a shark. And he's, not only does he live, he still
1: has his legs. To quote another very <laughs> quotable film, does my cock still work? <laughs> <laughs> FDR. Uh, FDR. Uh, American badass. Uh,
2: but I, I wanted to bring up license, uh, license skill because it because it is part of the, the Bond franchise. It is immortalized. Um, but that being said, at, the people don't like Timothy Dalton. I, I honestly think, and it's, like I said, it's the argument I make for the Joker too. People want to argue, well, is you know which was the best Joker? They're always of the top. Yeah, yes. And I honestly think Timothy Dalton owned the 80s bond. Roger Moore had gotten too old and jokey, yeah. but the 70s was a jokey period. You could have a jokey bond. We needed... The 80s were
1: dark, and we needed... <laughs> well, I was getting towards it, yeah, because you had Roger Moore for the first part of the Oh, We need to go over this in a yeah. whole... Yeah, we're doing a yeah, yeah. bond episode.
0: James, what came next? The film... That actually, in
2: screen testing, was testing bigger than Batman. You know what this is? No, starring, no. of course, the great Billy Barty. Oh God! Starring, starring. He's in it. He's in it. UHF. And by the way, I, I wanted to talk about UHF. So if you'll humor me, I know. Oh,
0: wait, U- I thought I really I, thought he was
1: going Masters of the Universe. That'd be fun. I know. Mom U- did U- not take me to see UHF that summer. Damn it! I had to see License to Kill. Still. Did you, I, so I, there's an oral
2: history that was done by A.B. Club uh, about UHF. And they got together Weird Al. They got together Jay Levy, who was Weird Al's agent but co-wrote the film with him. And the producer, Gene Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. By the way, Gene Kirkwood, do you know what else? He, he, he picked this movie up. There's actually a quote from him uh i picked the, uh, i wanted to get involved with this movie because i was producing Ironweed, and it was depressing the daylight side of me
1: <laughs> that's with jack so, nicholson right
2: yeah with meryl street yeah and he said it's a very heavy it's a good film but it's very heavy and i needed something to make me laugh new line is the one that originally pro- approached weird Al. so they had started bouncing this idea around in 1985 weird Al's second came album came out was a huge hit and people were like oh he's hilarious let's just cast him as so a new line approached them said, yeah, you should totally do a movie. Him and Jay Levy wrote the movie. Now, the funny part about this is it connects to so many other things that we love that I didn't know about. Um, it was originally, uh, so Gene Kirkwood produced Ironwood Weed and Rocky. He was one of the original producers for Rocky that gave Stallone some money. Um, New Line, one of them to make it, the New Line saw the script and went, no. And they talk about that. New Line wanted them to just do nonstop parody and have it be kind of like Kentucky Fried Movie.
1: And, and they and would they, get their wish later with loaded weapon one.
0: Yeah,
2: and and so it is on Netflix. Um, Stream it. And and the Kirkwood movies. read the script, loved it. Would you like to buy some cookies? <laughs> Ended up That's going to calling? Orion. Orion yeah. <laughs> looked at uh, Kirkwood and said, "Listen, if you can get them to do this movie for five million or less, you'll do it." Weird Al tells the story that they met him for lunch. Uh, him and Jay Levy. And he sat down and he said, They're going to give you five million. If you can do it five million or less, we'll give you the money. Weird Al and Jay Levy both said, Sure. Yeah, that's great. Walked out going, He's not going to do it. It's never actually come together. Three weeks later, they were filming. Um, all right. And then they talked about the casting. Uh, Michael Richards had Bell's Palsy, and they just thought that made him inherently funnier.
0: But Weird Al loved him from Fridays,
1: <laughs> which was the. Uh... Spinoff of uh, Saturday Night Live.
0: Yeah, yeah, the famous, and, it, and it's mostly famous for Andy Kaufman getting the crap kicked out of him live on television. Yeah. yeah, Which is dramatized in Man on the Moon. Moon, yeah. Um, with Norm MacDonald as a Michael, Michael Richards. Richards.
1: Because, uh, why not? <laughs> uh, I'm assuming Kirk- Michael Richards didn't want to talk about it or do the scene. Yeah.
2: Kirkwood was uh, well-known, he was approached at the time with people saying, why would you produce a film with Weird Al in it and his actual response basically said listen I'm the one that picked this unknown fellow Mickey Rourke for the Pope of Greenwich Village I greenlit Rocky with this Sylvester Stallone unknown guy this will work out it bombed horribly by the way Um, that being said the other thing that I found interesting was Victoria Jackson Saturday Night Live is his semi-love interest do you know the actors that they were considering for that?
1: Love Jennifer interest. T- I know they wanted Jerry Seinfeld in the movie and he turned them down, but I don't know about the love interest.
2: Jennifer Tilly and Ellen DeGeneres both auditioned. And Weird Al says, I still have the footage. He, he said, I've still got all the old VHS of the audition footage. I showed Ellen hers and she was mortified. <laughs> um. Anyway, the other thing is the casting of Kevin McCarthy, and I thought you all would appreciate this. Uh, they were talking about and they said uh, that Kevin McCarthy's casting was, they said, we didn't know if we, He said we can't remember if we tried to get Leslie Nielsen or not. But immediately the thought was, Leslie Nielsen is hilarious in Airplane, which is one of Weird Al's favorite movies. Why don't we get a car- uh, an actor like that that might do a comedy? And they contacted uh, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy loved it. And they said it was one of the best. He told them when it was done, it's one of the best times I've ever had because I didn't have to have any socially redeeming characteristics. Um, But you're right. Jerry Seinfeld was supposed to actually play Weird Al's friend. He was going to play Bob. And uh, he he turned it down. The other thing that I didn't know was Philo, the engineer, who was played by a soap opera actor whose name I'm blanking on. But that role was actually written... For Joe Hodgson, who created Mystery Science Theater 3000, oh, oh yeah. that was during the early days when they started working on this. Was the early days of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and Weird Al is friends with him in real life, and said that you know if you know anything about Joe Hodgson when he was a stand-up comedian, he always built these weird props. So Weird Al said when I was writing a TV network engineer or an engineer working at a station, I immediately thought of Joe Hodgson, and joe turned it down. It was his to turn down, and he turned it down. He walked away from it, and in the interview that they did, the AB Club did this interview in 2015. They caught up with Joe Hodgson, and they said, do you regret turning it down? And Joe Hodgson's exact line was, well, it wasn't a big hit, was it? I think it worked out okay. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000 probably did pay off better for him. But when they couldn't get Joe Hodgson, <laughs> they had a, a somewhat well-known actor that was interested, but he read the script, and he goes, I won't play the engineer, but I want to play the used car self. Crispin Glover
1: <laughs>
2: turned down the role at Weird Al and him evidently had a a pretty lengthy discussion because he came back and he was like yeah yeah no the engineer's not my role i want to be the used car salesman well that's we didn't we don't have you in mind for that i will only do this film if i get to be the used car salesman we we do not have you in mind for that and crispin glover says i'm walking away if i cannot be the used car salesman bye uh so UHF though, if you've never seen it, it, parody and one of the things that they talk about is is it too much of its time, and and Jay Levy actually has the best response to that. Weird Al's parodies arguably have outlived a lot of the songs they parody
1: Some of um, them, yeah.
2: Jeopardy is probably not as well known today. It's his parody Jeopardy. Yeah. And he uses that example, going, so he said, you know, it cuts both ways. If we would have done, you know, some people said you should have done Casablanca and all those. So anyway, UHF. I know, I know. I'll just never get a chance to talk. We're never going to
0: do a Weird Al episode. Oh, we'll do Hulk Hogan, but don't Weird Al. Anyway, no, we'll do it. We'll do a uh, television station related episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bonehead, so lethal, the later years.
2: <laughs> so, Lethal Weapon uh, UHF comes out, does not unseat Lethal Weapon. Friday the 13th, part eight. Jason, Jason, Jason takes, takes Manhattan. Manhattan. Comes out, does not unseat, un, unseat it. But a movie I didn't that,
1: know that came out in the summer.
2: Yeah. The I movie saw that, in that the theater. came out.
1: Did you really?
2: Yes. That finally finally you you. You? Apparently not. Unseats what? lethal weapon 2. It's not The Birds with Tom Hanks, but it's a Tom Hanks film.
1: Turner, Turner Hooch. I saw Hitch. it in the theater.
2: Yep, I saw that K9.
1: Um
0: K9, yeah. we both agree far superior.
1: I don't know that I agree.
0: Oh, uh, you what? agree?
1: Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. At least Turner and Hooch had the balls to kill the dog.
0: Yeah, that's true. What?
1: <laughs>
0: My mama you always know what? turned you know it what off happens? five minutes before the end. Did did I can't remember Turner and Hooch? Did he actually get him to the vet?
1: Yeah, he dies there. Okay. Doesn't
0: he get
2: him I thought he got him to a hospital because isn't there the line that we don't work on dogs or am I getting that confused with another cop dog movie?
1: No, I think it's something like that, but the dog dies.
2: Well, that's because it didn't work on dogs.
1: They told him. "The sons of bitches killed Hooch.
2: <laughs> so, Turner and Hooch comes out, does not hold the box office long because little Opie Cunningham has to direct a film that stars Rick Moranis and Steve Martin, Parenthood.
1: I loved Parenthood guys, as a kid, and now it makes even more sense.
0: God, yeah, I love Parenthood. Parenthood right. was number yeah. one in the it's box office. It's a
1: different movie now if you have children.
0: It still tugs at, it. I mean, every – yeah.
1: I mean, it doesn't get me like it does when Hooch dies. But
2: I don't know. The whole scene. But Parenthood eventually also got that TV series uh, a decade and a half later. Never heard of it.
1: Keep going. No,
0: just the whole whole evolution of Steve Martin's character where he's dealing with this son who he knows is going to have issues, has issues, and he doesn't know how to deal with them. And then, you know, his father, who's like, you know, an abusive prick,
1: He's not an abusive
0: prick.
1: He is too. I don't agree with that. Well, anyway. And he's violent. Well, they don't get along. They don't. No, he doesn't. And his father prefers his younger brother. I don't think he's an abusive prick. Who's played by the great actor. Who's played by the great actor. (laughs) Jason Robards. From uh, Amadeus. Right? Jason Robards plays his dad. Yeah, but the, the... Tom Hulse. Tom He's yeah, the yeah, younger yeah. brother. Yeah, yeah.
2: That wait, film yeah. also, though, by the way, just FYI, if you were worried. Wait, wait. We only had Bill and Ted that starred Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves is also in Parenthood, don't we? Yes, he is. Uh other movies would try to knock Parenthood out. Parenthood <laughs> did stay number one at the box office for two weeks, despite the epic pairing of Sonny Landham and Sylvester Stallone
0: for lock up. James Cameron not one of
1: Stallone's best no. films.
0: Was that was that was this a, his start with Canon? I can't remember. I think It's so. Carl Co Pictures. star and yeah. Carl. Yeah. Tar- Carol yeah, yeah. That, that Marco, Yeah. Thank you.
2: Um The Abyss comes out, does not unseat parenthood.
1: The Abyss was a big budget film and you got to remember if you look at this in the timeline of James Cameron's career, it wasn't a huge bomb, but it was nowhere near as successful as Terminator and Aliens. Yeah. The Abyss also competes
2: with A Nightmare on Elm Street 5 that came out August 11th.
1: Okay. That makes sense. So what finally unseats Parenthood? And by the way, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 was not a huge hit either. That's because four before it was a huge hit. actually made the most money. Five is the downturn, and that's the reason why they decided to do six a year later. Was it two years later? No, it would have been a year, two years later and kill off freddy sorry what was the doubt what killed it parenthood was killed by a movie that would hold the
2: number one at the box office for four straight weeks uncle was buck. it a mermaid uncle buck
1: uncle buck saw that in the theater too yeah
2: which gave the world didn't give the world but he's he's, he's he heavily featured a, a certain mr Culkin.
1: I um, didn't know that it would hold the box office for four I weeks. Did, four weeks uh, now.
0: So, I didn't know it was so, that big of a hit. I Me mean, either. So to put it, what it was up against, though, and this may help you, uh, especially because of of how it's held up. It's not really considered. No, I don't think people talk about it as much. No, as a John Hughes
1: film. To
2: to, it, to put what it's up against. So that came out August sixteenth. It did get that her- horrible TV version. Yeah. But Kevin Meaney. I dislike Kevin Meaney. I mean, You'll put your of- eye out. Anyway, anyway you were rest saying. Rest in peace, Kevin Meaney.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, the films that came up against it after Helmdale Film Corporation had that great hit with *Vampire's Kiss*, uh, they ha- they tried *Blood Red*. Yeah. With Eric Roberts. So this is probably why Uncle Buck held on. You have *Blood Red*, <laughs> *Casualties <Cashew laughs> of War*, yeah. Brian De Palma,
1: uh, *Cookie*. Oh, that's with um, Peter, Falk Peter Falk and Diane. Peter Falk, yeah, 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 yeah. About the kid, yeah. Eddie and the Cruisers, two, two, two. Eddie lives. Sex, Lives and videotape, which was a hit, but not that kind of hit. No. Not, it's not going to be a family. No, that yeah, gave us certainly. Steven Soderbergh. Yeah.
0: Yep. It was that. Uh, that was like considered risque at the time. It was all. It was very oh, controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the Adventures of Milo today,
2: and Otis. It's,
0: it's pretty vanilla.
1: I haven't watched it Sorry, Josh. I, the Adventures of Milo and Otis, one of Christie's favorite movies. Actually, I enjoy it, too.
2: Does not unseat, however, Uncle Buck. The Package
1: with, with Tommy the, Lee
2: Jones and Gene Hackman. Yeah. And Dennis Um, And so that closed that August. So it held on, though, after August. Let's see. Let me get my timeline. So it held on until September 10th was the last weekend was number one. So it held on against. So again, not a lot of competition directly for that. Probably Adventures of Milo and Otis was the most family friendly, but it was probably too kid-like to distract from Uncle Buck too much. So you start September with Relentless, the big picture, Sea of Love, which was.
1: Yeah, that 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 Sea of Love
2: is what actually upset it. it was that's a my, That
1: that's that's actually a good Al Pacino film. It's also got John Goodman in it.
2: I like it, the
1: big picture. You Huh? William Hickey. William Hickey. I I like the big picture. If you ever got a chance to watch it, it's directed by um from ah shit. What's his name? Mary Jamie Lee Curtis. Does the uh, other movies. It's the one that stars uh Kevin Bacon. He's a Hollywood, he's a kid who graduates from film school. Oh, it's he Christopher Guest. Yeah. Yeah. Christopher yeah, Guest, Christopher Guest, Guest is directed Ma- Screenplay by. by Michael McKean. Check it out if you've never seen it. It's a if you're into movies, it's wonderful. Once again, that's another uh movie Martin Short talks about in his book. Yeah, well, as I was gonna say, and,
2: and Joe's right. The cast on this, if you're playing Six Degrees of Separation, it's you huge. Win with this film: Kevin Bacon, J.T. Walsh, Jennifer, Jason Lay, Terry Hatcher, Roddy McDowell, mm. John Cleese, Martin Short, and Elliot Gould.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's one I recommend. If you're into, if you're into how movies are made, it's Martin Short talks about in the book just how accurate it was.
2: So, so, Sea of Love comes out, upsets or knocks out Uncle Buck finally. But <coughs> Sea of Love is itself only lasts one week, and that's because—and I, I didn't know this—the next film that knocks out Sea of Love stays number one for three weeks. And I wouldn't have thought about this because it's a film I don't think about for nineteen eighty-nine. Black Rain, Ridley yeah, Scott.
1: Ridley Scott. That was a, um, that was a number one for, for three weeks. Black three weeks. Rain. That was his big hit. Coming back because Damn. you got to remember, Blade Runner was not a huge hit. Legend was not a huge hit. Right, is Black Rain, Michael, Which is Douglas. Michael
0: Douglas in Japan, right with Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia, and, I, and it has one of the most unrealistic
2: deaths ever in a movie. Well, <laughs> it also has he, Kate Capshaw yeah, and uh, Kate uh Louise Guzman.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, the great Louise Guzman. The and thing is, is, is I, it's a pretty movie. I watched it a couple of years ago. I hadn't seen it a long time. I watched some of it. It's on, it's over two hours long. Yes. And it doesn't quite hold no, up. No, it doesn't. And it's not one that I would say, go, oh, this is a good representation of it. Although it has some beautiful scenes.
0: Yeah.
2: In. Three I wanna, I, weeks I, at number one, though. <laughs> Damn. Well, and, you know, again, maybe it was what was against it, because the 29th, three films that could upset, man, Hildale Film Corporation was cranking them out in in eighty <laughs> nine. Uh, but one of them actually is a film that's based on a book i have read and i own the movie poster but i've never actually seen the movie but i like the book so i bought the movie poster um bobby ann mason is a kentucky author and she wrote the screenplay for her the adaptation of her book in country and, and i haven't seen the film but bruce willis stars in it in country it's not a great movie uh jim beaver but the book itself, and I don't know how the movie does it because it references so many copyright materials that you can get away with in a novel. But the book itself basically is, is about um, a, a Vietnam vet who I'm assuming is played in the film by Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, but he basically, his way of dealing with the world was MASH. And he and his uh, younger sister uh, end up going to D.C. to see the memorial yeah and it's about their journey and how he deals with it and it's told from the the younger sister's point of view and it's yeah. a really good book i What's don't know about others but anyway uh didn't upset it johnny handsome
1: didn't upset it uh, actually that's not a bad movie <laughs> i never saw it walter years hill. ago and i enjoyed it that's that's directed by uh walter hill walter hill and uh,
2: screenplay by Ken Friedman. Mickey I was Rourke. giving
0: you a look, but I was. Confi- I, I haven't seen Johnny Hansen. I was. Con-
1: I was thinking of Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, it's Johnny Hansen. That's you know why Chad? It, it's, it's not a quite are believable are thing, but it's it's R and I. It's world. a Walter Hill film
2: <laughs> with Mickey Rourke, Fox, Whitaker, and yeah. Morgan Freeman, and Lance Henriksen. That's
1: cool. Yeah.
2: Uh, War Party. I know nothing about. No. Skip uh so we go on. Why did it say number one? These are what it was against for the next two weeks, Chad, after the opening week. An innocent
1: man, uh old gringo. Oh that's with Jane Fonda and uh Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Uh
2: also known as Spock's uh grandpa. Uh
0: <laughs> and that's all the man ever did. Um nothing of note, right, Joe? Breaking in,
2: crimes and misdemeanors. Fabulous Baker Boys, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Mike Myers.
0: No, you skipped Fabulous. Fabulous Baker, fabulous Boy Baker Boys is, is a movie. great movie.
1: And Breaking no, In is an underappreciated movie got, with got, Burt Reynolds I and Casey Samasco
0: <laughs> that I've on, seen. On October 13th. I'm sorry. But, no, real quick before you go there, the Fabulous Baker Boys, just the scene where the brothers are fighting and Bo and Jeff is trying to break Bo Bridges because it's about two piano players. Um, who are in love with the same woman played by Michelle Pfeiffer. But the scene where he's trying to break his brother's fingers because they're fighting, it's still, it to this day, it it makes me cringe.
1: Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember the sex scenes. Oh, well. There you go. <laughs> All
0: right, then, James, um,
2: continue. Black Rain held on for three weeks. The next movie would hold on for five because babies love a-talking.
1: Oh. Look who's talking. Saw it in the theater. It's a true story. I can't remember my, my... I did not know it was a sperm. I did. <laughs> that So that's the story. <laughs> Sitting in the theater and... No was, one ever explained it to me that that was a fucking sperm. <laughs> hold on. Sitting in the theater. Did somebody explain to you recently? You're acting like you're still shocked. <laughs> a little bit. Well, you'd think as many as he's taken to the face. So... Send in the theater. I listened to the audio
0: commentary.
1: <laughs> <Listen to> the- <laughs> oh, I like uh, that. was married to a guy who's the cousin. It doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Where is this going? Well, he goes, what is that, Joe? And I screamed out, it's a sperm. <laughs> it killed at Fugate Cinema <laughs> in September. I thought that came out in the spring. Oh, I have that October backwards in my mind. But let me tell you, that may have been the biggest laugh for that film. Was eleven-year-old boy screaming out, "It's a sperm!" Hey. <laughs> great cast though. Abe Vigoda. No, I actually that's a good movie. That's a good movie. It is. I, I'll stand by that. S- skip the sequels, but that's a good. It's a good movie. That's directed by Amy Heckerling. Yes, who who went also directed
2: Fast Times at Ridgemont Time Ridge Ridge High,
1: National Lampoon's
2: European Vacation, yeah. and Clueless.
1: Yeah,
0: and she yeah. wrote the screenplay too for Look Who's Talking.
1: Yeah, she directed the sequel as well, but skip them. Yeah. Just watch the yeah, first one. John, it's a fun and, movie. Yeah, and John Travolta and Christy Alley have great chemistry. They do. They do. They do. They were wor- they were worshipping Xenu. Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Um,
0: and it was John Travolta's brief return to movie stardom because he was box office poison before, before that. Talking. And then, of course, he quickly became box office poison again
1: yeah. until
0: Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Because White Man's Burden's an overlooked film. That came out after Pulp Fiction.
1: Keep going. Just
0: i had time.
2: the soundtrack you also have the no, problem <laughs> um, anyway uh so that, number one for five weeks here's why it stayed number one arguably damn i didn't know
1: it was that big of a hit it yeah, was huge
2: but but here's what it was up against too which w- may explain a little bit drugstore store cowboy gus van sant yeah probably not gonna upset look who's no. talking fat man and little boy
1: yeah that's about that's the Paul Yeah.
2: Gross Anatomy.
1: Now nah, it's a boring ass movie.
2: And and Joe's all time favorite film about where he's from, Next of Kin.
1: Next of kin.
0: See, uh, I thought Next of Kin would have would I thought that was like a big hit when it came out, but I guess we're we're in Kentucky, so it automatically. Got
1: I yeah, I don't think so. It's not a good movie. No, it's not. And there's only about ten minutes of it that's actually shot in Kentucky. But but who
0: also plays a, a Kentuckian in uh, Next of Kin? Liam Neeson. Yep. Adam Baldwin. Yeah, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> so, Liam
2: Neeson so that, that's one week afterwards that doesn't upset it. well not shockingly the next week doesn't upset it because the big film launch stars one of the most famous famous characters of all time starring Bart the Bear the Bear,
1: the bear. I I love that movie when I was a kid uh, immediate family dad oh dad bo- oh my god it's, Kevin Spacey that- again that isn't dad the one with Jack Lemon and Jack Zion, Lemon, Ted Dancing, Ethan. Ted Hawk, Danson Ufakis, Oh, that's depressing. Bexley,
2: Kevin Spacey.
0: Uh, also coming out the weekend. I prefer the- folks with Don Amici and Tom Selleck. That's a bad um, Tom Selleck loses a nut. <laughs> that's a bad movie. <laughs> so a third
2: it's it's third week in release. It was up against dad, uh, Chad's favorite
0: Shocker. Ah uh, hey, hey, Shocker. Is still um, one of the few movies that actually gave me a nightmare.
1: Shocker has about two good scenes in it.
0: Yes, but and it still scared the shit out that that the dead girl coming out
1: of the water. Yeah, scared it's a good me. Scene. It scared it's a good me shot. as a kid. I but had a that nightmare. third act. We should do a whole thing on West Craven because that third act. Oh man, and,
0: and that is Mitch Pileggi, James. And yeah, I know, I know, I know, I
2: know. Fuck yeah. you, Shocker. I'm on your team, John. I'm on movie. your team not on his team. And of course also coming out the same weekend as Shocker also failing, also failing to unsaid look who's talking the epic, well-loved romantic car- comedy of Mark Harmon worth winning.
1: Oh my god, I've actually seen it but I don't remember, it's awful. Uh, now this There's is no summer school. school. So November 3rd, we get
0: stranger.
2: two films that that you would think might have a shot. Mark
0: Harmon does not of, look like Ted Bundy at of, all.
2: Of Here upsetting. Sorry, James, go ahead. No, no, no. You get two films that have a shot of upsetting, look who's talking, I would think. What? Because I've seen one of these, and I remember liking it, though. I'm sure I would not like it now. Um, I'll talk about the one that I actually haven't seen all of in one sitting. The Phantom of the Opera.
1: And the Robert England That's Robert England. Robert England,
2: England one. one. I didn't know, though, Bill Nye. Is yeah. in that. I
1: don't, uh, don't was... remember that either.
0: But no, uh, the uh, one thing I'll say about the Phantom of the Opera, Wes Craven's, Phantom, even though he didn't direct it, right?
1: He, he, they just put his name on it. Um, I didn't know his name was on it.
0: I believe it's called Wes Craven's Phantom of the Opera. I could be wrong. I don't
1: think that's right. Okay, I may
0: I'm, I'm, and I may be wrong too. I thought it was. But the scene where he's putting on the the, the pieces of skin still
1: creeps me out to this day. Uh, yeah, that was Richard <laughs> went on to do something, but I can't remember who it is. The anyway.
2: director of uh, *Fan of the Opera* um, with Robert England was D- Dwight Hubbard Little. Uh, went on to do *Marked for Death*, *Rapid Fire*. Dwight Free Little.
1: Willy. Dwight Little. He directed *Free Willy* too. Yep. Uh, *Murder and at 1600*. *Murder oh, at 1600* and *Halloween 4*. 4. Four. He actually directed, and which was, by the way, *Halloween 5* came and went, but *Halloween 4* was a big hit. Keep going. Uh, Phantom of the Opera
2: was also competing against the one that I have seen and I, I liked at the time, which I'm sure I would feel differently now. Second Sight. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh,
1: Liz, I, I kind of liked it yeah, as a kid, yeah. too. But John Laird
2: and Bronson. I bet that is
0: a turd glistening now. Directed by Joel Zwick, though. You're right. It does not say Wes Craven's the Phantom of the Opera. I'm sorry. That's
1: okay. He didn't um, have anything to
0: do with
2: it. So the next weekend also fell into upset. Look who's talking. But a a notable film and was recognized by BAFTA, but not not as much by the Academy. Can I say
0: one thing, though, uh, back to Phantom of the Opera? They really did lean hard on Nightmare on Elm Street because the poster does say Robert Englund was Freddie. Now he's Phantom of the Opera in all new Nightmare. Ah, go ahead, James. Yeah. I'm sorry. BAFTA? Uh, BAFTA? <laughs> uh, Maybe later. <laughs>
1: Kenneth Branagh's
2: directing and based on his screenplay, though he he borrowed a lot of it from the Shakespeare, Henry V. I
0: am,
1: I am.
2: No, that's Henry VIII. Uh, I am, I am. I am.
0: I just wanted
1: to go. Um, I, am, I, I just am. want to go take a BAFTA. <laughs>
2: Derek Jacoby, Ian Holm, Emma Thompson. If you've never seen that Henry V. He's... I haven't.
0: I did watch the King. You're okay. welcome. <laughs> Keep moving. Okay.
2: Um. So, we move on. Uh, best of the best.
0: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: Communion and staying together also
0: fail to upset. How can Lee? you Communion. Pass. Go ahead. What? No, I just – how could you just briefly go by best of the best with Eric Roberts and James Earl Jones? I didn't even remember who was in it. Communion. He's I can't Fletcher. believe
1: he didn't go past. Isn't Communion the one with Christopher Walken? It is. About it the is. guy with that talks to the aliens? Yes. It it's
2: also got – Andreas got so
1: You ain't having that fucker on the show. Uh, no, I Eric don't Roberts knows up. karate. Eric Roberts was in Runaway Train. Now, here's They're what's going to shock
2: down. you all. Here's what's going to shock you all. November
0: 17th. By the way, you still have not been I can't wait to, okay, go ahead, keep going. What keep going. Movie, There's a
1: couple of big hits, I don't know. When what out. movie
0: out of
2: this list do you think is the one that upsets, look who's talking?
1: Name the list.
2: All These are all movies that came out Friday, November 17th. All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. Harlem Nights. Yeah. The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Prancer. Yeah. And Still Magnolias. Still Magnolias. Harlem Nights <laughs> was number one at the box office. Directed by Eddie Murphy, Murphy. not The Little Mermaid. Matter of fact, the I thought Little The Little Mermaid, Mermaid was a massive hit. It was, it but, was. It but it was, but it built. was never number one. And you've got to think Disney had made tons of films, and they all made money. Matter of fact, this year alone, you saw the re-release of The Rescuers, and uh, what was the other film they re-released that year? I there think it was one. Two, uh, two Disney films were re-released. That Wasn't movie. it One Hundred
0: One Dalmatians? Uh, no, it was One Hundred One
1: Dalmatians. But Dal- I knew the thing about I for some Peter reason. Peter Pan. Peter Pan was re-released. Okay, I knew that about The Little Mermaid. I don't know why I remember that or whatnot, but no, it I, was
0: yeah.
1: It's a it's a constant over. I think if you look, that Little Mermaid is playing in the top up until probably February and March.
2: Yeah, it never hit number one, but it just kept making That's money. Amazing. It was. It but was now, a return to Disney being
0: Disney. Event. Can we just, Harlem Nights is a good movie. Harlem Nights is a fun movie. That but means you know, it's good if it's fun. I I was sitting there thinking
2: about this. Yeah, I like I scenes seen it.
1: in it. You uh, shot off my toe. Yeah. I have
2: seen um, every film that came out this weekend, that weekend, November 17th. 19th. I And I honestly was sitting there going, what a loaded weekend.
1: I know. Yeah, but well, that's Bill
2: Magnolias? Uh, Prancer's probably the least out of all of these. You people. know Prancer I mean,
1: was actually a real quick story. So oh what's the guy that Brandon Tartikoff left NBC, I think around Paramount, and that was his pet project was Prancer. Uh, and it didn't do well. That's one with Sam Elliott, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. And by and the way, still Magnolias – Google I'm that not, I may be wrong, but I don't think I am.
0: I've never been happier <laughs> to see Julia Roberts get diabetes. <laughs> Is that what kills her? Yes,
2: diabetes kills her, right? Well, she's got a bad – yeah, I mean, her, her she has a bad liver because of some other – some thing. And yeah, yeah. I, I thought know. it was diabetes. What is that
0: thumping?
1: Anyway, go ahead.
0: But, no, I just I, – I, I do not lovely. care for Steel Magnolias.
1: Some people no, no. love that movie. I know
0: some people do. My mom yeah. loves Steel There's Magnolias. There's a lady I work
1: with, and that's her favorite movie.
0: Actually, Steel Magnolias, I'll be has honest. seen Harlem Nights? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>
1: I'll tell you why that's funny when we're done with the episode. Oh,
0: okay. I, did, no, I just love uh, Harlem Knights. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox, Della Reese. It has a great cast. Arsenio Hall, the guy from Due South. But it's an uneven movie.
2: Uh, Still Magnolias. I want to, since you brought it up Still Magnolias, I've seen, I've seen that movie probably 15 times because different people have watched it. Yeah. Whatever that I've been around. That being said, you know what I always remember about the Steel Magnolias is I I think I, I when would she dies? Remember, um, the the two the two old ladies yes and that, that their their battles are it's it's like an angry golden girls just
1: give me give me the entire film of two old ladies arguing and I'll watch it that you know the I scene remember. I always remember is when Tom Skerritt or when she cuts the the uh, it's the armadillo cake. Yeah, she cuts the nice. ass and to give him, yeah. He goes, I always love a good piece of ass. <laughs> that's what I remember. Oh,
0: seriously, the only thing I remember about that, I really, I might be wrong because I've only, I I, stopped, I haven't watched the movie in years because I just did not share He does have diabetes, but Julia Roberts in the salon, they're we, making her drink orange juice. Orange juice Juice is
1: better. That's the is top
0: one, it's top one diabetes. Yes, okay, yeah. I just, I could not, I, yeah, no, I, no, I thought it was boring. No, 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 I'm, I. I it's not, a, and I was even like, now I think I had a crush on Dolly Parton at the time. I wonder why.
2: I mean, I do or no? I would. I would say I would love to. Actually, you know what, I, dude? Just to I, say that you did Dolly Parton. Jeez. Nothing sexual, literally. I would hang out with Dolly Parton today. Oh you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems fascinating. I would anyway. Um, and I so, mean,
1: and if you get to talking James and it
2: leads there, let me. Well, what that's such dollars. Feminism, Joe. That's up to Dolly. If the Dolly wants to go that way, she's sexual gone.
1: fluidity. Keep going.
0: If anybody remembers this joke from fifth grade, I'll just say the the punchline part of the punchline. Hey, hey, I gotta stay.
1: I don't know what you're talking
0: about. Are you yeah, on, on the? Of the piddles, our viewers know that 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 joke. Tweet, Are you on Chad. the piddles, Chad? Hey, hey, I gotta stay. I will anyway. tell you all when we stop recording.
2: All right, next. Begin. Um, so Harlem knots number one. Harlem Knights gets obliterated that the following week, though, by a film about this guy that
0: travels to the future, Back to the Future Two.
1: Yeah, I saw that in the theater
0: too. The time oh, when the actual the actual title of the movie makes sense. Uh, I'm, I'm, I that was a bad joke. <laughs> back to the Future. It too, actually, goes to the future.
2: Back to the Future mm-hmm. Two. Uh, November twenty second is when it premieres, and it go it stays at number one for two weeks. And this is what's interesting about this. I'm, I'm shocked it only stayed at number one that long. There well, here's what's funny about this: going to come around and kill it on on December first. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation comes out. Oh, uh,
0: but I was pointing at it.
2: But does not go to number one.
0: Oh, it doesn't.
1: It. I saw it. No, it,
0: no, it didn't. It didn't make number no, one. No,
2: because this other film comes out that weekend, directed by the Penguin, Danny DeVito. War of the, the Roses was number one. Film. War of the Roses knocks Back to the Future out. And stays at number one for one week. As the holiday season gets closer, after two weeks in release, December 17th, 1989, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Shoots. I didn't
0: think it ever went to number one.
2: It was number one
1: for two weeks. I remember seeing it's another one of those, like I said, through that year, I saw uh, saw Back to to the Future. Actually, I didn't care for it as a kid, part two. Oh, really? I still don't care for it. I like scenes in it. To me, it's derivative, and half of it's a remake of the first one. <laughs> the whole third act. Anyway, but, and I just wanted to get to the horses of the third one. Mm-hmm. Just bad. enough steak, I still feel that way. But back to what I was saying. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I remember seeing it at night, in that theater just being packed. Oh, yeah. And every, you know how that crowd hits every note of laughing?
0: Yeah.
1: I can just still remember it. I can remember that in Ghostbusters and every note it's supposed to hit. Just yeah. laughing.
2: I like Chevy Chase then. I'm okay with Chevy Chase now.
1: And of all those movies, don't you think Christmas Vacation is the one people remember the most?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, outside of Wally World, and by that I mean the title, Wally World, I can't tell you too many scenes of even the first National Lampoon's that everybody loves, but I could almost do play by play. Uh, matter of fact, actually, uh, we got a text yesterday. Uh, where we were invited to kiss someone on a certain part of their anatomy and it got sent twice. And it took everything in me not to send back kiss
1: his. But don't you find it funny that plays on ABC Family and all these – and they just cut it. And if you – do you guys remember watching National Lampoon's Vacation? National Lampoon's? The original Vacation movie.
0: You know what's funny? Uh, This is another one of those where just – my childhood of ha- I actually saw European Vacation before I saw you, e-
1: but you've seen Vacation. Yes. Have you? Either one of you seen it recently?
0: No, not for. There's some.
1: still a ton of fucks. There's Yo, still yeah, a yeah. ton of titties. I mean, it's just, and two movies later, we get this movie that now is remembered as this holiday family film that actually has a lot of shit cut out of it when you watch it right. on television.
0: Literally, it's they no. cut out shit. Shitter's
1: full. Shitter's full.
0: Yeah, uh,
2: by the way, the one thing my wife and i I, I never got it for um because it sold out and she was like don't pay more than you know she was hoping to be half off the day after uh when hallmark did the um a- cousin Eddie's rV as a yeah, Christmas ornament I wanted that um anyway that stays number one till december twenty fourth that weekend that ends december twenty fourth and then War of the roses uh, comes back in its fourth week and reclaims number one. The reason that's interesting to me
0: is what happens the rest of that year. Well, real quick, before you go into that, I just want to say one thing about War of the Roses and Danny DeVito. I really feel like Danny DeVito is one of those underappreciated directors.
1: Agreed. His Hoffman movies good that I yeah. don't think people remember no. either.
0: And The Irishman is going to come out and make people even forget it even more. Uh, Danny DeVito, as a director, had such a unique vision. And it's a shame. He does a lot of shorts now, but he hasn't done a feature-length film since what, Death to Smoochie? Or did he do one after Death to Smoochie?
1: I think he did something with, is it? It's Duplex. not the apartment. It's Duplex. Duplex,
0: Duplex. yeah. Duplex. I've never seen it. That's actually the only Danny DeVito movie I haven't seen.
1: I haven't um, even saw that TV movie he did with Rita. Rita
0: Per yeah. yeah. You know what i about? That's directorial But oh. then, you know, you Matilda, throw mama from the train. Death to Smoochie. War of the Roses. Did he do Ruthless People? Did he direct Ruthless People? No,
1: Zaz did.
0: Zaz did, okay. Zucker, Real Zucker. That's
1: a movie I don't think they get credit for. No.
2: Real quick, I know know it's not 89, but you mentioned Death to Smoochie. I got to see an advanced screener of that back in the day for, for a blip in time when I was still an undergrad. UK was selected by theaters to be one of those advanced screening locations, and they would give out tickets to random students. And I got to see Death to Smoochie before it came out. And I rolled the entire well, not the entire time, but I was like, "This is a movie that's really funny. It's dark." And and I don't think it was what people wanted Robin Williams to be doing. But I actually own
0: Death to Smoochie. I like it there. I love Smokey. I love, but no, uh, just real I like quick. It, but it doesn't
1: connect with me. It's I, weird.
0: I didn't mean to cut you off about December twenty fourth. But I just wanted to say about Danny DeVito. He is he's one of my favorite directors, and he doesn't get credit. And he
1: had a distinct vision. Yes. Yes. I Chad's right. And and one more thing about War of the Roses, and I – Is this about divorce again? It is. It's one of the best movies about divorce. Yeah. It really is. It's that, the squid and the whale, Kramer versus Kramer, but – We know they didn't
2: inspire your parents to get divorced, though, because they were well on their way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying it's something you did, but we can't. I'm
1: not saying it's something I did, but the conversation (laughs) started in 78. (laughs) Anyway. Um, no, the reason I think it's
2: interesting that War of the Roses and, and, uh, Christmas Vacation wrapped up, you know, bookended each other effectively for all of December, is December we also got, uh, movies that I remember really well, Driving Miss Daisy.
1: Yes, which one the Oscar? Glory. Glory, which is the one I was hoping, I was wondering when you're going to tell me. Glory is one of the best Civil War movies directed by Edward Zwick ever made. yeah.
0: Yep. And just a great cast it's a
1: depressing movie, but yes, yeah.
0: glory Lincoln, man, I'm trying to think of the number of the third there's a ton yeah but yeah, yeah but no December fifteenth by the
2: way, these are the movies that
0: came out on December fifteenth
2: <coughs> that failed to upset um Christmas vacation blaze,
1: yeah, that's actually a good movie with uh paul Maliga newman Davidovich or yep. yeah, and Paul Newman uh, about blaze star, the famous uh
2: yeah, Actually, she was a stripper. Yeah, um, Driving Miss Daisy came out that weekend. Bl- Glory came out that weekend, and of course, the film that is best known from that weekend, that introduced us all to the revolutionary technology that was the Power Glove, the Wizard, the Wizard. <laughs> I loved the Wizard as a kid. December twentieth, I want to talk about though, because you get born on the fourth of July.
1: Yeah, I remember
2: yeah. was advertised. The Living Daylights out. They advertised that in comic book. Um. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is I think it's an important cultural touchstone because that's, we get Roger and me.
1: Yeah. It started Michael Moore's career. Actually, it even more started Michael Moore's career. It started the documentary as a feature film. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and you love him or hate him. And everybody's got an opinion. I, I have an opinion. My opinion is I'm not particularly crazy about the man. I don't think I'd enjoy hanging out with him. No, we've, read about him and know people that have talked to him and have said this probably wouldn't he's a talented filmmaker yeah canadian bacon man
2: <laughs> and he has a voice
1: he doesn't and he has say. an
2: opinion and he doesn't back away from sharing either All Right, right um and then the last the end of the year gives us two films uh one of course being joe's citizen
0: kane tango and
2: cash yeah, I like. Tango I did not and Cash realize Tango
0: and Cash came out that late in the year. I didn't either. Which is, I was Terry, wondering when you were going to bring it up because I'm Terry, like Terry
2: Hatcher is in that too. She she was the Kevin Spacey of women in 1989. I and that doesn't play well yeah, now. I can't believe that Tango and Cash wasn't number one. I, did, I, did, I always forgot that Robert Zadar is in that.
0: you talk, But Jack Palance. Jack Palance had Batman
1: and Tango and Cash in one year. And when, that's a hell of a comeback. Yeah. For a guy that was in Shane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and no, Tango and Cash is
1: a cheesy
0: action film. But, man, it's fun. I think it's a
1: hell of a lot of fun. It's got Michael J. Pollard in it. Yeah. It's basically his um, cue.
2: The... Uh... The film that I, I want to, uh, that also came out in the 22nd, it's a film that I argue and will continue to argue, and even if you prove me wrong, I'll argue, is better than Ghost. Always.
1: Always was probably not a big hit, was it?
2: No, uh, but. It, it's it a
1: remake. A, it's a good movie.
0: It is. It a good is movie. I w-
1: I'd like to, re- I've enjoyed it now, now looking back on it, because it's Spielberg, it's John Goodman, it's Richard Dreyfuss, it's Holly Hunter. It's a remake of a of a guy Audrey named Hepburn. Joe, right? Audrey Hepburn is in that. What no? Oh yeah, a, rem- a guy named Joe. A guy named Joe. Uh, yeah, Audrey Hepburn hadn't worked in years. He got her back for that. She's his angel in heaven. Um, the I wonder if it's just too schmaltzy now.
0: No, it still holds up. You think so? Yeah, I watched. I watched it about. I watched it a few years ago, and I enjoyed it. And I, t- it
1: I told you I rewatched *Reminiscence*, and I thought, ah. Uh, I, I, my memories. It's not that I don't. I was like, "Oh man, we really were that young, making it that schmaltzy." Everything else we did was dark as shit. Yeah.
2: Um, also, <laughs> no, Keith um, David. Don't forget Keith David isn't always. Is he really?
1: So yeah. is John Goodman. I said John Goodman. Oh, I, I don't remember it. Keith David.
2: Yeah. Anyway, okay. yeah, always is. It's uh, as Joe said. It's Spielberg and Amblin. And, it's a beautiful film. And it's to me, it it it's more effective than Ghost for me. I like Ghost. Uh, I don't know. The pottery scene doesn't do anything for me. It's supposed to be sex. I'm like, he's dead. I don't need that.
1: I don't know. I like the Naked Gun two and a half version of the pottery scene. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. That whole sex scene with the trains going in the tunnels. <laughs> and, oh, man, that's good no, stuff. But, um, the Which other is thing- funny because it's directed by Jerry Abrams and uh, directed by Jerry Zucker and his brother's making fun of him. Yeah. And yeah. Naked Gun 2 and a half. <laughs> was David Zucker.
0: But no, um, the one thing uh, about uh, Always Too is it introduced me to the song Crazy Love. She gives me love, 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 crazy love. That's the song they dance to.
1: And oh, that, there's another better song in that movie, isn't there?
0: I don't know, but crazy love, crazy love is what uh, it introduced me to, crazy love. And I actually have it on my iPod and I listen to it from time to time when I'm in that mood. So
1: when you're in that always mood, yeah, when the fuck are you in an always mood? I don't know, you're never in that mood with me.
0: I wonder why,
1: because my tits aren't big enough <laughs> and they're furry. <laughs> No, I have uh, big furry tits.
0: So, James, are, um,
2: are you done? Is that it? So, well, that's just a rundown of what was huge. But, I mean, obviously there's tons of other films.
1: That there, yeah, out. there's there's a few. There's a couple. Well, I can't believe you didn't bring up Death Row Game Show. I don't know that that came out in 89, but I can't find a copy of it. And I remember it barely as a kid. It was on the street.
0: I games. also didn't bring up Burt Rigby, You're a Fool, directed by Carl Reiner. So, the, the two movies, I'm, the the one thing uh, I will mention about 1989 that is because re- as, as many long ass
1: episode, by the way, I
0: know as many as good films as 1989 had, it was actually the one year from the 80s to the midnight to the late 90s that didn't have an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. He had no movie in 1989.
1: It was twins, was a year, but before, it was 1988. And then Kindergarten Cop was in 1990.
0: 1990. There was a no Arnold did. Schwarzenegger movie in 1989. I don't know why he took that year off, but he did. But you do
2: get films to make up for it, such as Rutger Hauer and Blind Fury. Yeah. Blind Fury. Blind Fury.
0: I say you yeah. know. A friend of ours, uh, that is still his name on my Kevin own. Shelton,
1: you are Blind Fury, sir.
0: Um, but no, um, two movies that he didn't mention that um, have a pers- uh, personal interest for me from 1989. So we mentioned Batman, we mentioned Toxic Crusader. Even though Toxic Crusader technically isn't a comic book movie, it is a superhero movie. Um The third superhero movie from 1989 that you failed to mention, sir, and you should be ashamed. I went by only what charted, Chad?
1: Return of Swamp Thing. <laughs> I
0: went only by what charted, Chad?
1: All right. I don't want to go back. I love what's Craven. I don't want to go back anytime soon and watch both of those movies. But in my memory, Return of Swamp Thing is probably more entertaining. Okay, so I have gone Other back. than Adrian Barbeau was topless in the other one. Yes. And by the way, that's worth the price of admission at any price. Yes. So. I know that was very sexist, but even the ladies out there are going to go, yeah, Adrian Barbeau was.
0: I have seen Barbot recently. And, mm-hmm. yes, Return of Swamp Thing is still fun. However, I watched Return of Swamp Thing. I wore out the VHS tape I had of Return of Swamp Thing. I watched it so much.
1: That much?
0: I watched it constantly. I love the creatures. I love Swamp Thing. Heather Locklear. She's not topless, though. No, but I've watched that recently. Damn, that movie's a dog turd. It is a dog turd. There is a whole scene where she's like, I'm trapped in this prison, and you, I can't get out. The, the window where she's talking to the villain is literally the full length of half her body. Mm. I can't get out of this. I'm locked in here.
1: It opens up with creeps though, right? Yes, on the and
0: it's showing clips from the comic book. The other, uh, the other movie that you didn't mention that came out in 1989. So there was a small independent film company that actually started in 1988. Full Moon Entertainment. <laughs> 1989 actually saw their ri- rise to popularity with the Puppet, puppet Master. Master. Bill and Hickey. Bill Hickey. Three movies in one year. Bill Hickey was in. I'm sure he was way in a lot more in 1989 because again he was a working actor who. Well, and, 1989 and one
1: the, also had this the the run of a few series that I also like. I think 1989 is the year of Tales from the Crypt. There's there's a couple other things. Speaking
2: of television, and I know My we're talking died.
1: about it. I can't check it.
2: I'll check We've it. been talking about cinematic films, but I should also bring up there's a major TV film that people still talk about today. It's maybe one
1: sense. of the best westerns ever made. 1989
2: was the
0: premiere
1: of Tales, Tales from, from the, the, the Crypt. Memory. Yeah, so. You I, also uh, get
2: Fred Savage. I mentioned Wizards earlier. We should mention Little Monsters the
1: name. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot about Little, Little, Little Monsters. Monsters. But no, uh, and Joe, there's also Lonesome Dove 80, is one of the best westerns ever made, and it's it was a TV film. But it, you don't agree. i I
0: I haven't watched it as an adult. Oh. I was bored to tears with Lonesome Dove. I could watch it on. I could watch it in the background all the time. And, I, and there's only one scene I remember with Lonesome Dove. It's Robert Duvall loses a leg. is that right spoiler but yes yes he loses a leg and then there's the scene where he they whip he loses off, his life yeah but he loses a leg and there's the whole scene where he whips off the sheet and there's the there's the, the, the stump. yeah so yeah no uh
1: you haven't watched it in a long time i haven't watched it i was a oh, kid Oh, pick it up well actually my copy's really I mean, shit yeah. it's a terrible dvd version
0: but it is there's also historically laredo
1: a sequel to it is pretty good not the not the sequel with john of uh, whatever that was terrible.
0: And you know, and 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 that when I was a kid, westerns to me was Silverado. That's the movie that I, that's the western that I enjoyed.
1: I, yeah, no, Lonson, so no, it holds up so maybe I and I,
0: I'm more of the in, in tune of what a west of those westerns are now. So maybe I need to go back and watch.
1: Yeah, Lonesome does a lot of There's also eighty
2: nine, eighty nine internationally. There's a film that's released that it's not important that the film was released per se, even though I think people should see it. Um, but it's the second film, I believe, uh, of a certain New Zealand director gets released in '89. Meet the Feebles Meet by the
1: Feebles, yes, by Peter Jackson. We I, I actually brought that up to him before yeah, we started this episode. It. There's a, there's a lot of stuff, so I know we need to wrap it up. Uh, first of all, I need to tell Chad to go watch Lonesome Dove. Oh, uh, I, I can't, I can't Chad, recommend that. Real quick, Chad, yeah. I, I need to say this
2: because you left off a comic book film that comes out this year. Oh, tell do you tell? Made, and arguably, still I argue to a certain extent, it's still accurate to the comic, New World Pictures released
0: Dolph Lundgren as Frank Castle in The Punisher. I didn't know that. I thought that was 1988. Nope. I'm sorry. I
2: didn't even bother looking that up. Yep. No, that's uh, just going through. And, again, there's a lot of films, and we, we did American Box Office. But internationally, you would have Tetsuo, the Iron Man
0: oh god i oh that movie that movie scarred me as a kid Never saw uh it. there's a whole scene where some he's having sex with a lady and his his turns into a drill
2: yeah uh war William, uh which was united kingdom was uh, did pretty good box officer but it's known mostly now for being the last role of laurence olivier uh, so, again, you start to see some international box office as well. So, I wanted what, to bring up a couple. One like other
1: there, British man. film, The Cook, The Thief, The Liar, and His Lover. Uh, the, the Maiden. I screwed it up. Yeah. If yep. you ever get a chance to check it out, that movie is still yeah. on the verge of distasteful 30 years later. It, no, It's it, a it, 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 it's film. It's Michael cook, Gambon, Helen Mirren. The Cook, The Thief, His wife, wife, and Her Lover. The Thief, The Wife, and it's, Her it's, Lover. Uh, oh, yeah, there's not a better movie... That has Helen Mirren naked and cannibalism. And it's again go, that Chad. is uh, I should sell that to you to go see it. Again, I no, I, I you brought that up it's because long wide shots that just stay for twenty minutes. And Michael Gambon is just a pure evil son of a bitch in it. And you also have Woody Allen has a couple films that came out that year. of the, the mirrors, yeah. And and uh, a
2: couple other ones. So I, I wanted to bring that up because I Again, some of these were bigger internationally than they were in America. Obviously, the ones Meet the feeble, Feebles, New Zealand, all that stuff. But I, I w- didn't want to bring up 1989. Nine Clock America was the only thing that had stuff going on. Because actually, as Joe pointed out, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. No, if you haven't seen it, yeah, you have know. you seen it, James? You have seen it? I have. Yeah, I the, actually, I believe it was a film. The first I was line of. when
1: I, when I typed in Tetsuo Sex is right there with you. So of course, there's a sex scene in. No, that part. The Iron Man's drill penis, there you go <laughs> now Helen, Helen Mirren does not have a drill penis in this movie i It's unfortunate, but we missed that in the script writing stages. I oh. didn't see it till a few years ago, and I couldn't believe that that got released. It was an n c seventeen then well she goes in Caligula I, no it's it's uh, worse than Caligula there's a well no because Caligula had sex scenes inserted. <laughs> That were shot and inserted by Bob, whatever his name was, Ciccione? after oh. the movie was done shooting. Okay, I didn't know that.
0: Uh, and they real quick there
1: for the sex. Real quick, I did want to bring up:
2: while it was technically made and released in 1988, um, there was an Australian film that actually I think it went was 19th overall for the year in the United Kingdom, and of course. I, I want to mention this because I know it's a film that Chad uses to uh, excite himself. Young Einstein with the Yahoo series. I uh, saw that in
1: the theater too. Anyway, figured, moving around. I, I had to put bubbles in beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I hope this wasn't too much for you all, but we really wanted to do, do 1989. Cause it was a
0: good year. It's
1: an important year for us. It's a, a year that I think that influenced all three of the boneheads quite a bit. Yeah especially me I can only talk for myself but I think the other two agree that yeah. that a lot of our childhood is wrapped up in that one year for some reason it's right. not I mean we could do one on 84 and I'd love to but it's 89 for some odd reason yeah
2: well but, uh, maybe that's because that was about the point I mean I was of I was 9 so I, this is when my parents were starting to let me my parents were pretty strict so but I was starting to be able to watch some PG-13 films I was starting to plus I think to be honest the inmates may not have been running the asylum anymore, but there was just so much out there and you had Canon making films and you had Well, there was a lot of creativity. Yeah,
0: Full Moon was out. Full Moon was out <laughs> just releasing crazy films that, And you had Troma. Now it's all doing. on
1: streaming. Yeah. Right? Anything different is on streaming. I'm not bitching about our Iron Man films. Yeah. But any big movie is basically something that we've either as a sequelized or continuation of a story or there's not a big, huge original film. Right. There's just not very rarely. Mm-hmm. So thank you all so much. Appreciate it. Tune in, share us. And if you have any comments or saying things that you think we should have added that we missed uh, Twitter, Facebook, email us, right, James, right. Yep. James? Yep. Let us know. Thank you all. And so just much. remember, Hey, Hey,
2: I gotta stay. We'll eventually do 1939.
1: I don't know when. Maybe next week. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Now, for some reason, I've got a Rob Zombie song in my head, but he says 1969.
1: Giggity. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh-huh.